Welcome to Twisted with us. In the name of Twisted's Ice Cream Shop and Crow and all that shit, this is our ongoing examination of Twisted. I'm Aaron. I'm Eric. And I'm Robbie. And today we're reviewing Twisted's 2009 album, W-I-C-K-E-D. Exclamation point. <laughs> well, it's not that. The exclamation <laughs> point isn't in the title. I just put it there for inflection. But like I had to listen. I had to say each letter. It's, this is some sort of like acronym. No, yeah, yeah, you're right. So uh, the W obviously is for wow. Wow. (laughs) The I is for I. Sure. The C is for can. Okay. K is for kick. Kick, of course. Uh, E is is for everybody's. Everybody's. Uh D is for dicks. I knew it. There you go. Uh, I was actually going to go, wow, I can kick erectile dysfunction. And it's just like a... uh, Oh, that's like a tagline like for medication for uh, <laughs> oh. erectile dysfunction awareness or some shit. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I got a wicked case of the ED. Wow. I can kick erectile dysfunction. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the episode. It's starting off great so far. Mm-hmm. Aaron, Eric, Robbie, we're all here. The gang's all here. Yep. The three of us. Uh, you know what? We're not going to fuss around too much at the top. This is a big episode. We have a lot to talk about from ourselves to the album, to the songs, to the history. Uh, one thing I do want to ask, though, mm. Robbie, you've yeah. listened to this album many times before. Yes. This is the first time Aaron and I are hearing it. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to go into detail, but okay. I want you to make a prediction at the top Okay. How each of us will feel about this album. No deep details. Okay. And at the end, we'll see if you were right. Okay. So my prediction is going to be that it'll be substantially more enjoyed than a few of the recent ones. Um, but there will be some musical things that hold it back to a degree. For both of us, you think we will both have that opinion? More or less. Okay. That's astute. That's astute. Okay. Well, let's get into this thing. Okay. We are actually this is this is the biggest time jump we've done in a review in quite a while. So we're going forward a full year at this point. So we are into the spring of 2009. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about what was going on in our lives, what we were into, what we were listening to. I will say mine ballooned as I realized how significant of a point in my life this was musically. But uh, I I want the two of you to go first. Why don't you, Robbie, start us off? Oh, sure. So we're talking spring of 2009. Mm -hmm. Um, I was going through what I would call a bit of a personal crisis uh, in that I had been living in an apartment in the suburbs for a while uh, with a friend. And he was a, a dear friend still to this day. But he was in a relationship that kept him out of the house a lot. Uh, And so he was gone and I was just sitting in this apartment in the suburbs alone and uh, didn't like it, having a bad time. So at this time, I was gathering myself to leave the apartment and move to another apartment in the heart of the city of Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was also teaching myself rudimentary guitar so that I could write songs as my dream was to, you know, put music together and stuff. So I was learning like Green Day songs and other really simple, you know, basic chord structure songs and starting to write some of my own material and and just getting like a four track recorder and getting that off the ground. And yeah, listening to a lot of, let's say, Jay Lindsay Jr., whose stage name I don't think I'm supposed to say on the show, 
J.R. Word uh, was, uh-huh. a, was yeah. a big a big inspiration for me <laughs> I know at the who time. You're talking about yeah, and uh, I was also listening to the band. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this either. Effed up. Yeah, uh, you're allowed to say that. Oh, uh, well, I'm not going to. Okay, uh, and uh, let's, let's <laughs> good, stuff. Good, good, good. Vivian girls. Um, oh, not allowed to say that. Oh, uh, V girls. Yeah, that's <laughs> there, good. okay. There you go. Uh, yeah, stuff like that, and then also some uh, the microphones in Mount Erie, the uh, Pacific Northwest based kind of lo-fi singer songwriter. Uh, these were the things I was taking in and trying to make something out of, and nice. and a lot of the Ramones, weirdly, but it, it all fit. Mount Erie is playing here soon. Oh, really? Probably here, yeah. too. I haven't seen him in probably since around 2011 at the latest, I would guess. Neat. Yeah. Okay, Aaron, do you want to go next or do you want me to talk about this stupid shit? I will go next because okay. I feel like mine is probably pretty brief. Spring 2009. I uh, had myself a job. Jeez. I was working at Super Salad as a cook. Fuck yes. I was a uh, see freshman. I was a sophomore in high school uh, doing my work thing. And I was actually working with my my best friend at the time. And we would bond over music. He was also a cook. So we would just blast like fucking Devil Wears Prada. I set my friends on fire like we had discussed a little bit last week, um, as well as uh, Under Oath. Upon a burning body, any sort of metal core. Oh, upon a burning body. That's a Texas band. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any sort of metal core at that time, we were just jamming out and geeking over and talking about. And it was just sort of like all we did. And we would also jam together because he played guitar and I had a drum set that I had gotten at a garage sale a few years earlier. Okay. So we would uh, just kind of do that shit. Hung out with River a lot as well. She was a part of that same sort of friend group. It was all metalcore like all the time for me. That was just the shit I was listening to. The only thing that I really strayed from outside of like metalcore and like sort of metal music is uh, a band called Crucial Dudes. Okay. They're sort of like. You've uh, talked about that before. We've listened to them. Yes, yes, we have listened to them. We have talked about them before. They were, uh, and I still return to Crucial Dudes uh, quite often in my uh, late twenties now because okay. it shit goes hard. They were on your top one hundred albums of all time, I believe, when we uh, did that episode with the JJ Boys. Those two episodes. Yes, that's right. They are. They yeah. they are on that list. I remember that was when we discussed them. I need a, a quick clarification from you. Um, the term metalcore these days means something very different than it meant at the time that we're talking about in 2009 when you're saying metalcore do you mean like 2009 metalcore or the way it's used today i mean like 2009 metalcore okay like uh i want because i want to know two two to three bands on either side of this on the 2009 side and the now side in the late 2000s metalcore i would have said was things like uh kill switch engage and uh maybe a treyu okay yeah stuff like that like the uh the sing the choruses kind of stuff Mm -hmm. you know that that was a little more metal leaning I I mean, Aaron, do you agree? That's what. Yeah, I'm... no, I, I would definitely uh, kill switch engage. I think is a perfect representation of that 2009 metalcore, and that was right. like what my best buddy Knox was 
the huge fan of. You know, also, I mean, I kind of also consider like Devil Wars Prada metalcore at the time they were a different they were more God, they were maybe sort of in a different scene yeah more of a different style of metalcore but um you would also see them play the same like big festivals sure sure that crossed over well a lot of those metalcore bands at that time the early ones like kill switch engage came up from the hardcore scene and sort of started new bands because like the guys that were in kill switch engage were in overcast before that and stuff like that so mm-hmm. like then there was a bunch of copycat bands that maybe never came up in the hardcore scene, but now we're part of this new like mall metalcore scene. Right. That, you know, so they all started to blend together. But I mean, in the past five plus years, I think the term metalcore in a lot of places has come to be any hardcore band that is like a heavy hardcore band or right. incorporates metal elements it's not sing the chorus it's not guitar solos it's not you know wear makeup and skinny jeans it's like you know i i've heard a lot of people say like a knocked loose is a metalcore band sure and stuff like that yeah like, hardcore band with metal in it right, right which to me i mean ever since i got into hardcore all the new new school hardcore bands i listened to even back in the 90s mm-hmm. had metal influence or incorporated that in but i've heard people try to like retrofit and be like oh yeah earth crisis is a metalcore band i'm like sure they are one of the quintessential like 90s hardcore bands so that word is really confusing especially for people that are over like 25 well then it's used disparagingly a lot as like all the shitty like arena i don't even know what you would call them bands yeah. Like modern uh, modern Parkway Drive and A Day to Remember are like modern like metalcore bands, kind of. That's but that's different. That's a different thing. I do want to say it's important to say I we were at the time very much so still hating on like Broken Side and mm. uh, what was the other one? Blood on the Dance Floor oh, and yeah. uh, all that other shit. Breathe Carolina. Talk to Violent J about that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he hates that guy. Um yeah, no. So you know, we were we were part of the cool kids that also weren't the fucking cool kids because yeah. it was still we still yeah. listened to some shitty music. That's how it always is. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, uh that's sort of what I was doing in 2009. Uh I I loved being a cook at Super Salad because right before close, it was a buffet-style restaurant, so right before close we would, uh, me and my friend would put on a bunch of hot food in the oven and then we would close and be like, oh shit, all this food, so I guess we'll take it home. <laughs> It'd be a shame to throw this out. Yeah. So I, I was taking home like containers of breadsticks and like pizzas almost <laughs> yes. every shift. Some tacos and stuff. Um, they had the taco and- bar there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a taco bar. I loved the the angel food cake bites because they would be stored in the walk-in freezer, so they'd be a little hard. Oh. Uh, so like 20 times throughout a four-hour shift, I would walk in the walk-in freezer, <laughs> act like I'm getting something, and just pop three of them in my mouth. <laughs> this reminds nice. me that I should have said episodes ago. I, I don't know if I did or not, but I was working at Subway during this. You did, you did okay. say that. You, you, and you, you said mention. you would for quite a while. Okay, so that's just a constant in the background of all of this is that I'm working at the Subway. Yeah, so probably by the time we do our next What Were We Doing, I will have not be working at Super Salad, just FYI. Okay. Because of all this walk-in stuff? Because it closed down pretty quick. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's all good. R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, there's also 
other cooks, like the daytime shift cooks, they would like smoke cigarettes while stirring the soup and stuff. It was <laughs> truly vile. I worked one daytime shift on like a school holiday where I wasn't in school and I was like, I'd never want to fucking do this again. <laughs> this is a darker energy. Uh, Eric, let's get into your life. Yeah. In 2009, spring of 2009. Hit me with it. I've got to say, I realized what a truly important time in my life was, this was musically. Now, I was in my late 20s by this point. Um, actually, let me think. I was 30 when Wicked released. Okay. And this, to me, was probably one of the best and worst phases in the history of music. Like, easily, for me, one of the most exciting eras of music. Because this is a place in time where it really felt like I was rediscovering local and independent music for the first time, but like for a second time, just like when I was in high school and first started going to shows and getting into hardcore, you know, at this point I had been in college and been working and I just hadn't really had time to be in a band and go to shows. And so I kind of like fell off, even though I was still peripherally paying attention, but this is a point where I was back in a band playing regularly, being exposed to all kinds of new music. And this is also a time when it was the absolute height of like scene culture and fashion with like independent punk artists becoming mainstream artists and average kids listening from post hardcore stuff to like mall emo to like the most brutal of like deathcore and technical death metal and stuff. But I personally feel like this era did more to bring heavy and underground independent music into the mainstream than even like the new metal era a decade earlier did. I think this was not only huge in the underground and independent scenes, but had permeated more mainstream culture at this point. If you went to the mall, you were seeing scene queens walking around and dudes in, you know, skinny jeans and studded belts and stuff. And it was just totally different time. And I thought that was cool. So I was living in Pittsburgh still at this point, still a manager for the video game company, still uh, in that deathcore band that I was talking about before, although we were kind of on the verge of breaking up at some point later that year, I think. But I was just really into discovering and listening to heavier and heavier music with like the biggest breakdowns I could find and also wearing the smallest, brightest clothes I could find. Mm. And uh, in my mind, this was all an extension of the hardcore scene I had grown up with. It, it felt exactly the same as getting into that stuff, you know, 10, 15 years prior. And it was fun. It was exciting. It was different and yet still familiar. So around this time, I was really into stuff like Suicide Silence and Whitechapel and Despised Icon, Born of Osiris, The Plasma Rifle, uh, A Muir, uh, I Wrestled a Bear Once, Wretched, My Bitter End, Beneath the Sky, and a lot of those bands kind of went on to turn into like gross metal bands or they just ceased to exist. But I still think all those bands that I mentioned, the albums that they were dropping in that era, I still can go back to listen to and think they're awesome. But even around that time, I was listening to stuff like also like A Day to Remember, like some of the easy core stuff, which eventually became modern pop punk, which is different than like 2000s pop punk. And that felt like another scene that was just a shoot off of hardcore uh, although I will say 2009-ish was around the time that Homesick came out, which was the album where I kind of stopped liking and paying attention to A Day to Remember. But Aaron, you brought up 
I set my friends on fire in that last episode. And after we talked about it, I realized how many of those like post hardcore and like electronic core bands, like that whole scene was really blowing up around this time. And I remember listening to some of that stuff too. My brother loved this style. So I remember us listening to like attack attack and a skylit drive and asking Alexandria and that kind of stuff. I was going to say those yeah. Attack attack. And then also the other two bands you just mentioned were huge ones that we would listen to a lot that I did not mention in mine. Yeah. Especially asking Alexandria. I can't believe I forgot to mention asking Alexandria. (laughs) Yeah. Their first (laughs) album. I remember listening to a good bit. Yeah. And a funny story about that. They had that, that intro song that has the like fuck this and then it goes into the song yeah (laughs) they sold a bunch of merch that just said fuck this on it including a (laughs) pair of moss shorts and my good friend bought them and it just said fuck this across his ass and he he wore them once and everybody that saw him was like making jokes about like oh yeah you want me to fuck that and he never (laughs) wore them again (laughs) (laughs) yeah no they they had uh, they had some fucking merch, that's for sure. Yeah, and then maybe more relevant to this conversation, I was also really into some underground rap at this time. This I, I realized how much rap came into my life around this scene as well, because I think a rising tide for independent music sort of lifts all ships. Mm-hmm. So a lot of rap came into my ears too around that time. Cage being the main thing that was on repeat for me, because uh, that's around the time that Depart From Me and I Never Knew You came out, which those were really different albums and different album and EP for him. But I fucking loved them. And of course, you know, listening to the prior stuff as well. But that was really big for me. I also got into POS and through POS Doomtree at some point over that year because Never Better came out around that time. And uh, I really liked that first Cool Kids album, The Bake Sale. This was also around the time that MC Chris released MC Chris is Dead and like the part six albums, which I think were more or less the last MC Chris stuff I got into. But I think that album, MC Chris is Dead, is especially that was one of his big ones. That was that was a really great album. But so I was listening to a large spectrum of stuff, but all those bands I mentioned were a big part of my life at that time. And music was like everything to me. Not that it always hasn't been, but like this was a time in my life where I was able to just refocus and fully throw myself into it again. Love it. I did not listen to Wicked by Twisted. Same. Yeah, I was on. on, I, I don't know that I was aware it came out. I don't think I knew it came out either but uh robbie for anybody else that maybe wasn't aware and needs some ketchup on their burger uh, (laughs) slap it open (laughs) yeah like i said this is a pretty big jump we're skipping forward a full year from early spring of 2008 uh to spring actually saint patrick's day specifically of 2009 Mm. okay what's what's the twisted history we need to know okay let me take the deepest breath and uh and get ready to jump into all of this uh so first of all it wasn't that these guys were just slacking around or or doing nothing or working on this album that whole time because uh april 15th of 2008 so right after where we left off last time uh dark lotus's opaque brotherhood is released uh Mm. which is a big one and i think i honestly uh a really important context to give for this album uh on like a vibe and musical level that they were just coming out of that album so yeah, Opaque Brotherhood came out. 
on April 15th, 2008. And then mid-April 2008, Twisted taped a Freestyle 101 segment for G4 TV. Uh, hmm. It would be released later in the year, but they did the taping then. Oh, Blaze did one as well, ICP. May 6th, 2008, Twisted appear on Chris Calico's Vitiligo album on the track Peekaboo, which is a good song. May 13th, 2008, Boondocks releases Crimson Creek and Twisted appear separately on the final two tracks, Monoxide and Blaze on the track Fear, and then Madrox on Death of a Hater, the final track. Okay. May 16th, 2008, Dark Lotus play Denver's Gothic Theater to kick off uh, a Hatchet Attacks weekend, was what they were calling it. And then the next day, Hatchet Attacks happened, which was basically um, a label showcase type of show at Red Rocks in Denver. So they did a kind of a secret, not, I don't know if it was secret, but it was, you know, kind of a smaller Dark Lotus show the night before. And then the big show with, you know, ICP, Twisted, Boondocks, Blaze, et cetera, at Red Rocks the next day. Uh, May 21st, 2008, Twisted announced a new line of action figures in the works through Shocker Toys. Uh, it was slated for a fall 2008 release, but never materialized. I don't even think production photos were even released, so I don't know what happened there. June 3rd, 2008, Twisted appear on Prozac's Strange Music solo debut album, Tales from the Sick, on the track Fading. Uh, that album also has you know just about everyone from Psychopathic on it and, and plenty of other stuff. Worth, worth a look. June 6th, 2008, the Opaque Brotherhood tour starts. And alongside that, the bonus track edition of the album was released at the merch booth. Mm-hmm. Quick question. Yeah. Did this tour end in fistfights? No, this one actually. So this was, yeah, worth noting. The first Dark Lotus tour since the Black Rain tour that ended in fistfights. And this one went smooth as far as I can tell. Great. Everyone was seemingly in a better place with each other by this point. Love That's it. very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, July 8th, 2008. DJ Clay released Let Him Bleed Volume 2, which has some appearances from Twisted. Uh, there's a Karma remix that was done by Motown, Rage, uh, and, oh, yeah. and uh, a couple other little verses and scraps. And the song Birds and Bees, which is about Twisted being sex ed teachers. I don't know. Maybe we'll get to it uh, on a song we missed. It's a weird song. Late July 2008, Dark Lotus minus Jamie Madrox are interviewed in Murder Dog Magazine. The interview, or I guess they were interviewed previously. It was released in that issue. Uh, The article was written before Opaque Brotherhood, so it's kind of just hyping that up. Monoxide gives some context on his upcoming work on Wicked, saying basically that it was going to be out in November and that it was great and blah, blah, blah. So two things. Yes. Why was Jamie not there? But also just prior to that, July 18th, 2008, the Dark Knight was released. Mm. And through listening to this and watching the videos, I realized what a profound impact that movie had on them creating their style and look and tone of this album. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Jamie's a real Batman head, so I believe yeah. it. And the, I think there's a Heath Ledger reference even. There is. And in the video for uh, Ha 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 mm-hmm, mm-hmm one of the victims faces cut with the Joker smile as well. Ah, okay. I didn't, I didn't, oh, uh, didn't yeah. pick that one up. Yeah. Uh, and to answer your question, why Jamie wasn't there, uh, according to Paul in the interview, he was asleep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so okay. yeah, it was, okay. they did se- separate interviews with monoxide, blaze, shaggy, violent J and Madrox, uh, slept through it, I guess. Okay. 
August 2nd, 2008, Monoxide appears on Weekly Freakly Weekly, uh, ICP's news internet show, uh, talking about wrestling for some reason. It was the gathering, you know, pre-show where they talk about all this cool stuff. And I think as sort of a bit, they had Monoxide come on to talk about all the wrestling that was going to happen there. Because in that crew, he is maybe the least interested or knowledgeable about wrestling. So they had him describe what was going to happen. And it was sort of uh, humorous, if you will. Okay. If you won't, that's also fine. I won't. Okay. <laughs> I, I'll allow it. Okay. Uh, so, sept- uh, no, August 7th through the 10th of 2008, the gathering of the Juggalos happened. Twisted were still in the seminars for this, hyping that Wicked would be released in November of 2008. And, uh, you know, they did the average performances, Dark Lotus performance, Twisted performance, coming out during Blaze and ICP's sets, you know, all that kind of crap. Uh, August 25th, 2008. Twisted asked Juggalos online or, you know, through their website to send clips of themselves playing instruments for possible inclusion in the Wicked album. Uh, They said they didn't want any raps or singing. They just wanted, hey, if you're playing piano, you got a guitar, send us some stuff and maybe we'll use it. I truly don't know if any of that ever got used or what happened with that. But Mm. um, like they planned to use the music that was sent as samples on the album or they were going to like take the clips of people playing for a video. It sounded like the intention was to sample the stuff people sent them and use it on the album. But who knows? Maybe it was like, oh, this guy's a good guitar player. Let's get him to come put a solo on the album or something. I don't know. Kind of a smart idea. As long as the people agree, you don't have to pay any sort of royalties for samples or anything. Crowdsourcing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I'm not sure what came of that, but uh, you know, maybe that's all over the album. Maybe it was a scrapped idea. I couldn't say. Fun idea. September of 2008. Dark Lotus appeared on the October issue of High Times Magazine, released in September because that's how magazines work. They, you know, right, hit right. shelves before the, the date on it. Yeah. Little interview with them talking probably about weed. I don't know. I didn't read it. But um, it would be hilarious if there was no talk about weed at all. <laughs> they just talk about Opaque Brotherhood and what it <laughs> meant to them. Yeah. Uh, see, October 15th, 2008, another weekly, frequently weekly. It's discussed that Twisted are getting ready for a year of touring after they finished the Wicked album and that it would be now officially released March 17th, 2009. Um, And then also during this Weekly Freakly, it is – boy, do I hate saying that out loud. I will say it. It's announced that Psychopathic is putting on a special show called The Monster's Ball for Halloween uh, on Devil's Night, October 30th, that would feature Twisted, Awesome Dre, and others – uh, in Detroit. So separate from Hallow Wicked, but not Fright Fest. This is the Psychopathic Monsters Ball. Mm. Uh, late October of 2008, G4 begins air- airing those uh, Freestyle 101 segments. There's a, uh, you know, Twisted one, obviously, then Blaze had one, ICP, Insane Poetry, and others. Kind of, kind of a cool thing. G4 got sort of a who's who of, you know, the horrorcore scene at the time and had them come on for Halloween time to do rapping, which, I mean, I, it's bizarre to me that that's even a thing that happened, but I think it's really cool. How did I miss that? I, I feel like I watched G4 all the time during that era. I don't remember that at all. It's all on uh, YouTube for the most part, if, you, if, you, if you're interested. Interesting. But yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's basically just them talking about rapping and then doing a little rapping. And uh, I, think, I think Jay does like a song – that's I could have watched these for research, but you know who has the time. 
I think Jay just gave like a verse from Alibaba from Dark Lotus or something and talked about rapping and twisted i think actually freestyle but it was like not good because they're not good freestylers so <laughs> yeah you said that they booked them all for freestyle stuff and i'm like ooh, that might not be the, <laughs> the right thing to do yeah it's it's more like halloween theming but uh got it but they're not yeah they're not freestyle rappers i think freestyle rap was just popular at the time culturally let's see October 30th, the Monsters Ball uh, happens. Twisted dressed up as ICP for the show, did their face paint and threw Fago on the crowd as uh, like a fun homage to their pals. Um, November 4th, Twisted announced the first ever New Year's Evil show at Peabody's in Cleveland and the mm-hmm. Prozac would be there. This is an ongoing thing. They're having one this year. So uh, the very first one happened New Year's Eve 2008. Uh, December 20th, a big ball of show happened. Twisted attended that as they had most years. December 31st, 2008, New Year's Evil happens. Twisted threw out some CD singles to the crowd uh, featuring the track That's Wicked from their upcoming release, Wicked. February 10th, 2009, Twisted are featured on Potluck's Pipe Dreams album on the song Smoke the Pain Away, which is about grilling. Is that is that like the Peaches song? Yeah, it's a cover, but just with they put the word smoke in. And they still say okay. sucking on my titties. <laughs> oh good. Yeah. Good. But it is about it is about grilling and like putting on a brisket low and slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For like two hours. <laughs> yeah. Smoke yeah. the pain away. Um yeah. yeah. Good song, just weird like song. Every forty year old white suburban dad smoke the pain away. <laughs> yeah. Stand out in the backyard and stare off into the distance and smoke the pain away. Um February 17th of 2009, Twisted.com relaunched and announced the three different versions of Wicked. There would be, we're going to get into this, I'm sure, but I'll just briefly yep. mention them. The Best Buy version with bonus tracks, Hot Topic with a comic book, uh, you know, kind of centered around the Bella Morte track, and uh, music videos on the third one that I think was in a few stores for Ha 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 and Buckets of Blood. Late. February, Twisted announced the Wicked End of Days tour, uh, which would feature Boondocks, Prozac, and Potluck, and would feature Twisted playing the album Wicked front to back every night uh, with, you know, visuals and videos setting the mood. And then February 23rd, Jamie Madrox did an interview where he basically said that uh, they were about to drop the biggest album of their career and that it had not been since Freak Show that... Twisted sat down and really conceptualized an album front to back and kind of stuck to a theme and a, and a pseudo concept. And uh, he says, you know, this record is kicking stories to you about the paranormal suicide and the guy next door or the woman across the street and the possibility that they might be a serial killer. Yeah. And they, he basically just couldn't have been more excited. March 1st, Twisted officially announced the end of day's tour and dates and whatnot. And then March 16th, Madrox had an interview with Fangoria Magazine release, which was cool because Fangoria Magazine's cool. And then Wicked is released. And that's the whole fucking history. What, the first hour of the show, probably? Uh, Almost. (laughs) A lot happened. That was the Twisted history. We need to get into the album-specific info, facts, uh, fiction. I don't know. I don't ch- fact check Eric. He's the one that does all this shit. It could, it could be all made up, but let's see what he has to say. Eric, what do we need to know about Wicked? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't do fiction here. I mean, I could try, but Give it a shot. number one, we've got Robbie. Number two, 
we've got people that listen and will immediately call me out if something is wrong here. Fair. So I'm going to I'm going to go all fact on this one, okay. at least to the best of my knowledge. So bold. Wicked, as we mentioned, was released on March 17th, 2009. Uh, there's a lot of stuff I don't have to talk about because Robbie covered it. Oh. So that's wonderful. OK, good. In the ICP timeline, this is actually significant. This album came out a month before Violent J released The Shining and just under six months before ICP released Bang Pow Boom. So the proximity of those two albums, I think, makes for a really big year for Psycho. Oh, yeah. This is a relaunch almost of the label. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So nearly all of the tracks on Wicked were produced by Eric Davey, who we mentioned in our last episode because he was heavily involved with Psychopathics from Outer Space 3. There's only three tracks on Wicked that are not credited to Eric Davey, two of which are credited to Monoxide, and one of which is produced by Seven. Mm. Although in the credits, it doesn't say Seven. It says Michael Summers. Michael Summers, Yeah. yeah. So... Although there are additional backing vocals and instrumentation from multiple artists on Wicked, there are no features on this album, which is a huge change from Independence Day, which was almost all features. Uh, Ashley Heydrich provided additional backup vocals for six songs on this album. It's a very different thing because we have generally not heard female vocals so prominent on an album and we also have blaze providing vocals for five songs in the background so no proper verses or anything like that but we do have these two additional vocalists contributing to the album uh ashley heidrick by the way would go on to also provide vocals for songs on twisted's 2010 album heartbroken and homicidal Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) so robbie started talking about this there were actually multiple versions of this album when it came out on CD, the original version had 15 tracks and came with one of 10 random dark carnival trading cards inside. Mm-hmm. There is a version that is being referred to as exclusive, although I couldn't determine where it was exclusive to that came with a DVD that included videos for the tracks Buckets of Blood and Ha 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 Ha, as well as a trading card. And yeah, so, so for the exclusive, I, I don't know what it was exclusive to. I know FYE had that one and maybe a couple they? other stores. I would, in reading the history, it got messy at that point because they were like, this one for FYE, blank, blank, and blank. So I don't know if there was like a parent company that owned a couple franchises. It wasn't like or a Radio Shack exclusive? No, no, I don't think it was. No, they kept that. Mm. That one had the uh, the gum that came with it. All So all of these had the exact same cover. Yeah. But they had a, each one had a different sticker on the front that called out what came with it. The next version that I'm going to talk about is called in most places that I found online, they're referring to it as the counter version. Hmm. This one came with an exclusive comic. I think they call it the counter version because there was a sticker on it that said, you know, pick up your comic at the counter when you buy this album. Got it. Okay. Uh, And I think that was in multiple stores. Uh, I think that's hot topic. Was it just hot topic? I'm pretty sure. I got the impression that it might've been like the hot topic in the FY. Again, there's no confirmed information here. So if people bought these at different places, let us know. Yeah, Mike we'll Spawn, hit us up if you listen. Yeah. So that the comic that it came with is called The Truly Terrifying and Terrible Tales of the Twisted, issue number one. Mm-hmm. And the cover had really bizarre and unique art on it that you wouldn't expect of like a woman with lots of contorted limbs 
Uh, it was strange. Uh, but that art comes back in the album. We'll talk about that later. Then there's the Best Buy version, which not only included the trading card, but also had three additional songs or chapters, Catch the Show, Gothic Chick, and It Don't Stop, uh, listed on the back of this version in a very difficult to read <laughs> font compared to the original. For some reason, when they updated this one, it's it's messy. It's harder to read. Mm. So this album was also re-released multiple times. In August of 2015, it was re-released on vinyl. In March of 2019, for the 10th anniversary, the CD was re-released as the Black and Red Edition with new cover art and layout, plus the three Best Buy bonus tracks added to it. In October of 2022, the Black and Red Edition was released on vinyl as part of the 25 Years of Twisted campaign. Then in January of 2023, four months later, they re-released the vinyl, cassette, and CD as part of the 25 Years of, of Twisted campaign, uh, again with the three bonus tracks, but with the original artwork just in that metallic sort of style as they've done foil. most of the other re-releases. Yeah, the foil cover. Now, when Jamie said this was going to be their biggest album... It actually turned out to be true. This album charted quite well. It hit number 11 on the Billboard Top 200, number four on the Top Rap Albums chart, and number one on the Top Independent Albums chart. That makes this Twisted's highest charting album ever. Abominations is the only one that even comes close, and it's still several numbers down the list. We'll talk about uh, why and all that when we get there. Yeah. Real quick, do we know offhand how that did compared to like the shining and bang pow boom. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah. There are several sources that cite wicked as psychopathics third highest charting album ever, uh, but it's not true Mm. at the time. This was actually the second highest. Wow. But ICP has had three albums that broke the top 10 on the billboard 200, each going to number four. They had top five releases. One of them was Amazing Jekyll Brothers. Blew my mind that Malenko wasn't even close. It was in the 60s or something. Bang Pow Boom went to number four, Aaron. Wow. And Mighty Death Pop also went to number four, which came out. I mean, obviously, Bang Pow Boom and Mighty Death Pop came out after. But think about this. Wicked came out and was the second highest charting album to Amazing Jekyll Brothers. Major label release. I mean, coming off all the the Malenko controversy and stuff. Big hype. Yeah. That's that's pretty amazing for 2009. And I think it's worth noting, like, this is kind of, we talked about, uh, briefly touched on this and and Bang Pow Boom sort of being like a relaunching of the label almost. But I think really starting with Opaque Brotherhood, and then you get into all the... Touring for that, the Hatchet Attacks at Red Rocks, the the G4 stuff, the um, High Times and Fangoria. Like this era, Psychopathic and, and Juggalo stuff was like weirdly popular. I would think, and people can, you know, listeners can confirm this if this is true, but I think we've determined a lot of people dropped off in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. Wraith or post-Wraith era. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if 2009-10 is when a lot of people came back. 100%. Right. So in addition to the two videos on the exclusive DVD, they also produced a third video for the song All of the Above. But it looks like that one is pretty difficult to find. I did track it down and watch it online, though. I, I don't know if it was ever fully completed because there's some audio issues with it and stuff. But Robbie, you might know. Yeah, so that was actually made to be... Um 
part of the tour. Ah, it played on screens behind them during that song, and it was it. you know s- sort of not fully produced for that reason because it was part of a you know multimedia sort of thing. But got it. Uh, then they put it up on on like their patron esque you know YouTube subscription like thing way, way later, line, like yeah. in the last five years. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Robbie talked about this a bit as well. In April of 2009, Twisted sets out on the End of Days tour with Prozac, Potluck, and Boondocks. For their sets, they dressed in their formal attire from the cover of the album. Uh, Much like the Toxic Terror Tour, they also released an exclusive EP this time around. It's got seven tracks, three of which are alternate versions of songs from Wicked. And we're going to talk about that on our next episode. Mm -hmm. You can read some reviews of their sets uh, from that tour on Fago Lovers. Seems like people were kind of divided on whether or not they liked hearing the full album versus hearing the hits. Yeah. So one of the this is interesting. And Robbie, you might be able to clarify this. Mm -hmm. I went and I was reading these April 13th, Cleveland, Ohio. Read the whole thing at the bottom written by somebody named Whipstick. Ah, mm -hmm. and I think it is. Whipstick from Super Famous Fun Time Guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm legally allowed to confirm or deny this, uh, but but there's a good chance that uh, that that old Whipstick was doing a lot of reviews and whatnot for Fago lovers and I- even interviews and whatnot. Well, uh, Whipstick that may or may not be the same person uh, seemed to like it, but the reviewer that reviewed the show in Seattle a few days later did not agree. Oh, so well, shout out Whipstick uh, for having yeah. the correct opinion. <laughs> uh, in 2019, to celebrate the 10th anniversary of Wicked, Twisted not only re-released the red and black edition of the album, they also did three special Wicked shows all in one weekend. They hit Dayton, Chicago, and Minneapolis. Looks like they kind of went back to the style from that, played the album, stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'd love to see one of those shows. I think uh, the idea of of doing an album front to back with the visuals and stuff uh, especially something you know, I don't want to get into the music too much, but something that has the tone of this, I think would be a really cool thing to see live. Yeah. So uh, other stuff that happened around that time, I love to give context on the album, like as if the stuff that we talk about doesn't help some people. I mean, there might be people that are like, yeah, I was not on the same page as any of you. Right. Right. At that time, here's some stuff that's going to help you remember what was going on at that point. We did not talk about this in the last episode, but we should have. Mm. We were really deep in the thick of the housing market crash. Right. We were in a deep recession. Uh, over 9 million jobs were lost in 2008 and 2009. Housing prices fell 30%. People were upside down on houses and losing their homes. The stock market had fallen 50% by the time this album had come out in early 2009. Banks needed to be bailed out by the government. It was a real shit show, and it took years before things started to recover, and then a few more years before everything started to fall apart again. Yeah, <laughs> uh, here we are. But I think that was super significant to know that this was going on at this time. So what you're saying is that America needed Wicked. Yeah. Well, what I'm going to say next is why America needed Wicked. Okay. Because there was not a whole lot going on in the world of entertainment. Uh, Other albums that released that day were Capone and Noriega, Channel 10, Gorilla Zoe, Don't Feed to Animals, and Static X, Cult of Static, which was their last album with Wayne Static. So 
wasn't really a whole lot else that week or the following week that uh, was going to fight them on the charts, honestly. And, uh, you know, shout out to Nori, but I got to say three albums I've never heard. Yeah, <laughs> same, same. I've never heard any of those. I have nope. heard all of those artists. I've never heard any of those albums. Yeah, I, I would agree. That's where I'm sitting. Movies that came out that week, Duplicity, never seen it. I love you, man. I'm peripherally aware of it, knowing Awesomely Bad and 12 Rounds, which was a WWE movie. Oh, uh, quick, quick side story, uh, lore that I don't think this person's going to listen, but um, later in 2009, summertime, roughly, I was dating a girl who I thought was just the bee's knees, you know, just a, a real champ. And then yeah. uh, she was texting me one day while I was at work at the aforementioned subway and saying she was watching this movie, really scary, really giving her just panic and anxiety, really troubling. And and I just needed to see it because it was really upsetting her. And and it just, wow, what a piece of filmmaking. And then, so I went over that night to, to watch this thing. And it was, uh, yeah, 2009's Knowing, uh, which was... <laughs> really dumb and and i just remember being like man i might have fucked up i might have made a mistake with this one i mean the fact that she had those skinny insect legs might have been the first uh, yeah but yeah so uh that that was a, a month-long relationship did not last but uh yeah but but boy was i uh shocked and weirded out by that not the worst reason to break up with <laughs> that wasn't why but it was one of the building blocks towards the end of that for sure fair uh, here's some quick video games that released that week. Nothing too exciting. Grand Theft Auto, Chinatown Wars, and Resistance Retribution, which were PSP games. Mm. Rune Factory Frontier, Tom Clancy's Hawks, which did not belong to be <laughs> a big Tom Clancy franchise. Tom Clancy had games? I thought just dads read his books. No, Tom Clancy has a huge series of games. Multiple. Oh, okay. Like Rainbow Six is oh, probably the okay. biggest part of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Clance. <laughs> uh, he's dead. He doesn't give a fuck. Uh, hey, get fucked, Clancy. In uh, that, but the the only big game around that time that I saw, Resident Evil Five, had come out the previous week. Okay, yeah, people were. I, I guarantee people were putting Wicked in their headphones and playing Resident Evil Five. Fuck yeah, they were. Yeah, I, I'd do it today. Yeah, let's go. I don't fuck think Resident it. Evil Five is the best Resident Evil, but it's better than Six. Well, I've played none of them, so any of them are good to me. Okay. I mean, should we just end the episode here and go play Resident Evil 5 together and listen to Wicked? Yeah, meet us on I Twitch. I think I have it downstairs, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so there you go. There's the info that we've got history. We've got info about the album. We're probably coming up on an hour into the show. Mm -hmm. I think it's time. Time to get into the, the covers? It's that time. The foreplay is done. Let's get under the covers and roll around. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so obviously we're going to be starting by talking about uh, the album cover, which we have several of. So let's get into it. The original CD. Uh, so we're going to be discussing all the 2009 versions uh, because that's what had this cover. And then like Eric had mentioned, some had bonus stickers uh, and stuff like that. So we got a big booklet here, fellas. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we got the cover. I mean, the, which is at this point sort of iconic. It's a black and it's not black and white. Actually, there's some red in there and it's just they are black and white, I suppose, for the most Correct. part. Yeah. Uh, black shirts, black suits, white ties, black gloves. Cadillac. Yeah. The boys of time bomb. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, 
They both have short hair here. It looks like freshly shorn. Monoxides is red. Jamie's is black. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's a moody picture, shadowy. Um, I think it's neat. I'm a fan. Threw me off when we when I was watching uh, the video for ha 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 ha. I was like, okay, they're wearing goofy wigs. I get it. Because <laughs> I'm like, wait, do these do they have long hair? The fuck is going on? <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, goofy yeah. wigs for sure. Yes, they had yeah. maybe the shortest hair of their careers here. I like uh, I like I like the image. Me too. I think it's good. I think I think it's pretty awesome. Big fan of the uh, yeah the image. I think the red hair is cool. It gives it a nice little pop in that background, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The I feel like the black shirt, white tie look is very two thousand nine. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It it and it really it works to create this sort of monochromatic image, but with those pops of red. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. No, I, I think that this is a really well done photo. Uh, I, I like it a lot. Uh, same photographer that did the photography for um, stuff like Freak Show. Okay, yeah. I mean, another iconic cover. So maybe keep working with this guy. This uh, the, when I look at. Paul sitting there with like the black gloves on. It's a it's kind of giving Hitman vibes. Yeah. I can yeah. definitely see that being an intention. Oh yeah. And we got the back cover. So uh the songs are all listed as chapters. Mm-hmm. Is it I, I'm thinking maybe like DVD chapters because this is basically set up to be like a movie. There's an NC17. Right. The credits on the mm-hmm. back are set up like uh, a movie poster. Yeah. Laid out nicely. Yeah. Yeah, I think the laid the, out really well. The graphic design here is good. Yeah, really, really good. I, I'm gonna say, layout across the board, uh, inside, outside, cover, back cover, everything about it. I would rank among the best twisted covers and layouts so far. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I would, I would agree with yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think I would definitely agree with that. They, you could tell that they definitely put a lot of effort and time and thought into uh, this layout and artwork and stuff and it's great except for the cd i don't understand the image on the cd i'll pass on that we got like a mm. shadowy figure with a mouth stapled shut i like it I, yeah. i'm on board with it red eyes in the era of like saw sequels and and things of that nature i think i think i'm picking up what it's putting down i like the uh taking selfies of the boobies picture or whatever's going on inside there yeah is that a phone oh that would have been Maybe selfies were a, a thing at the time. I, I don't know if that's a phone. It, it might just be holding a photo or something. Or like a tarot but in, card. in my mind, that was uh, taking a selfie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, uh, Robbie, can you flip back to that one and hold for about five minutes? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this this like puzzle piece. Uh, yes. Yeah. Th- thanks, man. Thanks. Super. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I like speaking of puzzle piece. On the back of the booklet, you've got what you could cut out a coffin. It looks like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some paper craft. Yeah. A lot of neat stuff going on here. These images, if you put all these pieces together, uh, are similar to the cover of the comic book uh, imagery wise. The face on the CD with the mouth stapled shut is also similar to the image on the front of the comic. Could you cut all of these puzzle pieces out and put them together? I almost think you could. I bet you could. I'm looking at it right now. And I think so. Yeah, I think you could. I think maybe that's what they want you to do. I'm not gonna my, my question is, is, first of all, listeners, go up, cu- go out, cut up your booklets, put it together. Uh, but the coffin, what image is on the other side of where the cutout coffin is? Oh, great that question. Would, like, what are we ruining by cutting out that coffin? I think, I think 
Yeah, I don't. It, it might be the. I think the track it's listing probably yeah. right here. Yeah, yeah, it looks like track uh, nine through fifteen uh, credits. Yeah, I think so too. All right, that's the main one. I'd then. have a hard time parting with those. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, you. I know you um, love credits. Okay, so that's the original uh, 2009 version. Let's move on then now to the Best Buy version. Which is the same, but as a sticker. Oh, also, the other big difference on the Best Buy one is that just completely illegible text on the back. Yeah, I think that might be a scan issue. I don't know. But uh... I don't, you know, I looked at all of them and I don't think it is a scan issue. I think Mm. there's a slightly different font and also... The credits, you know how they've got like the movie credits at the bottom mm-hmm. is slightly different as well because some of the names are like split between lines oh, sure. where they are not on the original. So somebody recreated the back of this entirely. Best Buy might be and worse by. used slightly different fonts for for all of that stuff. So even, even just the movie credits are a different font that's less legible if you look at the two of them next to each other. That's really weird. Why would they do that? Strange. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, some of it could be part of the scan as well, but it's definitely a thicker font with a little bit of like sloppy mess around some of the the letters and stuff that is not there. Yeah. It's just part of the font. I think they used a similar font that's not the same. Font. Probably. The sloppy mess around the font kind of gives me, uh, reminds me of some of the some of the packaging for Most Tasteless. So uh, I, I mm. like that. You know, I like that it reminds me of that, but it is difficult to read. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting that it's slightly different. Very interesting indeed. Not much to talk about on that one. Let's move on to the 2015 vinyl re-release. This is a neat one. I have, I have, I've got this at home. Now that's fun. Yeah. And we've got red, blood red vinyl. You know, the cover's the same as always. Double album. Yeah, double album, double LP. We got basically just imagery from the original booklet, but, you know, on vinyl. I, there's, there's like a, a blood dripping red screen yep. here um then right. a black version with the black dripping yeah I, I, they def- definitely rebuilt some of this stuff they didn't use the original files because some of those like the images that are on the back with the track listing mm-hmm. is different and that's a different font and stuff um so definitely rebuilt that and it's uh got that magic ninja logo on there yeah so this is this is pre or this is post you know twisted leaving psychopathic and going on there yeah. this is one of the i think I think this is the first album that they got the rights to re-release. I think it is. Yeah, they had announced well ahead of this that they were trying to and had secured the rights and were going to re-release this. And I think that they talked about doing Abominations at some point as well. Yeah, I uh, I am a big fan of the Blood Red vinyl. Same. Yeah, it looks great. Looks really good. Yeah, it looks great in person too. I'll uh, you know, come to my house and show you. Perfect. I'll be right over. <laughs> but what do you think about the 10-year anniversary 2019 black and red edition of the album? Um, you know, I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, I just saw it. No. <laughs> Doesn't look great. No, I don't know why they did that. Um, it was, I mean, well, I know why they released it, you know, because it had been out of print on CD for a long time or whatever. But yeah. boy, does that cover look worse. It is basically the same cover and layout entirely, mm-hmm. except they just kind of made everything black and red. And the eyes are glowing white. And it says black and red edition in a, in a corny font on the front. Yeah, yeah, not a huge fan of that font. The Great news. They still have the titty selfie 
art. Oh yeah, they still have they still have the titty selfie in there. Yeah, that yeah that font doesn't really fit with. I mean, Wicked is kind of in an old English, but it's like a different old English font. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if you're gonna don't use two different old English fonts, you, right. you use a consistent old English font, like, or pick another stylized font. Compare you know the I mean? ED and Wicked and the ED in addition, and I'm like, oh, you're fighting. Yeah, it's You've like got uh, yeah. Fonts. And the Wicked, the Wicked one wins in my book. Yeah, I like yeah. the Wicked one. It, it's, yeah, it's old English, but a little more uh, Wicked. It's got a little style to it. Yeah. Oh, zhuzh. And this one does have the three additional tracks on there, but you can actually read everything on the back of this one. Yeah. It's it's uh, not in the oh, same very red. Legible. Weirdly, the only thing that's not in that red uh, that was that was, you know, making the other one harder to read. And the, the, the font doesn't have all the goop around it that's making it tough. Yeah. Yes. Um, it does say Magic Ninja Entertainment presents Wicked now instead of Psychopathic Records. Right. Um, yeah, it's pretty much the same everything except uh, where there once was white, there now is red. <laughs> yes, exactly. Where there once was white, there now is red. Uh, let's talk about the 2023 re-releases real quick. Sure. Uh, we've got those sort of foil metallic covers. That's the back to the original cover, which is good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. The uh, split color vinyl. Looks cool. Looks good to Looks me. Looks cool. I like that. Looks great sitting on that turntable. Yep. Yeah. 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 I think the foil works well for this. Um, I have yeah. this yeah. version on cassette and it's neat. They did two Ooh. cassettes, right? They did silver and gold. Yeah. I think the gold you could only get uh, with a, a larger package. Uh, so if you sent your measurements oh, in. Out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we race to yeah. get out of penis joke. <laughs> yep. I could see the glimmer in your eyes from across the microphone. <laughs> yeah. The gold editions came if you bought, um, you know, a package with the vinyl CD and cassette, I think like the whole uh, yeah, one yeah, of yeah. everything set, you got the, the, the gold and the silver was just the standalone. So I only have the silver cause I'm not a maniac. But oh, I see. I see. Perfect. Yeah, you kind of are, but um, oh, I don't think make buying one cassette makes you a maniac. Yeah, but uh, you've got way more than one cassette there. But oh yeah, I mean, I also have the vinyl, the original vinyl. I don't have the reissue vinyl, and I also, well, so that's why because I didn't need multiple versions on the same yeah. format of each thing. Speaking of the 2015 vinyl, they have repurposed the back cover from that 2015 for this one, and with this uh, foil metallic, it's giving the cover of Iowa. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I definitely could see that. Yeah. I think that's, and that's our covers. Oh, yeah. What, Those are so our what's covers. The, what's the best? Oh, the original. I'm Agreed. going original all the way. Big yeah. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think black and red edition is the worst. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, hands down. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. But for somebody that couldn't get it, uh, to be able to pick that up and have the extra tracks at the time, probably pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. I, that would not, it wouldn't stop me if I was a young, twisted fan that missed out on the 2009 versions sure uh the artwork would not stop me from picking it up anyways well we have a myriad mm. of tracks to review how many is that yes oh uh exactly 18 oh that, that yes. makes a myriad myriad yes. is always 18 okay yes okay you know um, this is an educational show too you know yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> put that on your urban dictionary and smoke it okay time to go track by track oh so uh let's start with track number one the titular w-i-c-k-e-d eric hey 
We're about to find out what that acronym stands for. Yes, we are. And it is exactly what we said at the top of the episode. Eric, (laughs) it is. Let's get into it. Uh, We've got a whole gang of intros at the beginning of this album. Yeah, they really got you in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's there's like the spoken word freak show esque first portion of this track. It really it really has freak show vibes. I have to think it's intentional. It even ends with "Welcome to the uh, Wicked." And I'm like <laughs> that doesn't work. You can't do that. <laughs> um, then there's a very like Nightmare Before Christmas esque like musical interlude with the uh, woman singing "Wish I Could Kill Every Day." Mm-hmm clever i mean you probably could you wouldn't be able to do it for long before somebody caught you hard to get away with and that yeah that just loops then there's like a skit like sounds of somebody sounds like being chained up or dragged you know then uh yes i'm going to the next track sorry i'm just going to do it kill with us which is also an intro track they jack the beat from mc hammer's adam's groove or maybe outcast the whole world Mm. and put some like double bass like drum blasts over it with like grungy guitars and five minutes in i'm like where are the songs let's get to it <laughs> <laughs> like this okay four intros in let's fucking go uh there's some fun stuff here it's neat i personally probably would have chosen one maybe two but uh robbie what do you think yeah so we're just going uh double intros just go go yeah go go one and two together okay so i love Intro number one. I love the the, the track Wicked. I think the yeah. it sets a scene as a spooky album. Uh, Jamie's little poem is 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 neat. Uh, it reminds me of that Twilight Zone episode where the guy uh, wants to read and his wife's a real piece of work and hates that he wants to read and his boss doesn't want him to read. And then he oh, survives yeah. a, a nuclear blast and he's got all this time to read and and uh, steps on his glasses. Yep. And then this, yeah, I mean, this is just you're, you you want to kill. And you, but then you kill everyone, and then what? What are you going to do with that urge to kill? You know, uh, not quite the same, but it gave me that vibe. Yeah, would you kill that too, or would it die? I was like, wait a minute, wait—is it going to die? Or are you going to kill it? There was something like really funny in that line that I was like, rhymes sounds good, but I was trying to think about it and go, I don't know if that works. Can you kill your urge to kill? Um, yeah, I yeah, I don't know. Still a cool intro. Yeah, I like cool. it a lot. Uh, I think the the female vocals and all that and the little beat. I think that's really cool. Mm. I like all the sound effects. I think a thing that this album does consistently is like kind of put segues between the tracks of of spooky sounds and stabs and bats and all this kind of junk. Uh, I, I think it sets a scene really cool. And then intro number two. I don't need it really. I like the vocals. Uh, I don't love the guitars. I think they're a little over the top. Yeah. Well, the guitars don't really fit with the what they're doing there. It's like okay, you've got sort of a you're pulling the wrong kind of guitars in for these like driving double kicks. You know, it yeah. just felt weird to me. Uh, but but overall, um, it, it almost plays like uh, I think a lot of this is intended to be like a horror movie, and it reminds me of a movie from that era, probably like a Saw sequel or something where. You've got like the, you know, it ramps up with some, some, some hard rocking in like the second half of the credits or whatever. So uh, yeah. I thought it was cool, but, but I, I don't love the second, uh, second intro as much. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Aaron, uh, talk to me about these fucking intros. Yeah. So, uh, produced so fucking well. I think that the production value, uh, is, is amazing on this. Got a nice little poetry reading uh, at the top of wicked 
that was uh that was pretty sick and then the beat kicks in it sounds pretty cool um and this just kind of gets you into a vibe that they are going to be consistent with for the rest of the album second intro i kind of agree with y'all don't really need it yes it, it, you know it it does ramp up and, and it continues to get us in with the vibe but you know kind of like what eric was saying like hey buddy I'm kind of tired of edging here. Let's get some, let's get some <laughs> flows going. Let's yes. get some Jamie in here. Let's get some Paul in here. What are, what are we doing here? So yeah, I, I didn't necessarily need it. And yeah, that the beat was kind of weird. I, I think that the, the guitars didn't really mesh super well no. in with, with uh, that one on kill with us. So yeah, those are my uh, thoughts on the two intros. All right. Well, let's jump into, let's, let's stop all the edge play and just, uh, come buckets of blood. Just blood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. With our next track, Buckets of Blood. Uh, Aaron. There we go. Aaron, talk to me about these buckets. Did this song make me come buckets of blood? Maybe not. Hmm. But my constant poor diet and uh, violently jerking off. Uh, <laughs> oh, good, good. So it still happened. Yeah, uh, okay. So it did still happen. It just was not uh, the doing of this track. But um, I think this track is pretty cool. It's it's a great first track uh, to sort of set the stage of what this is. This is, like you said, Robbie, uh, like a horror movie. Actually, I think um, Jamie Madrock said this in an interview. This is a horror movie on wax. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's exactly what this feels. This kind of has like a slight industrial feel to it, which I think also sort of plays into what those horror movies were from the 2009 era, like a Saw movie. I think that uh, fucking Jamie sounds sick. Paul sounds sick. The hook is is pretty catchy. I really I think the beat is cool. I, I, I really enjoyed this track is like a, a first real track on this album. But uh, Eric, what are your thoughts? Yeah, this track rules, man. I love the beat, love the vibe, love the hook. This is real cool. The hook does have this piggy pie vibe, though, because it's got that almost like I might choose a gun. No, might mm -hmm. choose an axe. Yes, uh. it's like it really every time I heard it, it reminded me, but it sounds so good. Yeah, I. I was so excited when it finally got to a song that this is what it was. I just, as soon as the music came in, I was like, all right, you got me. I'm in. And then it just felt like the kind of twisted that I was hoping to hear on an album called wicked. I will say though, the video for this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. It's like a fan. <laughs> it's like a fan made flash animation from like E-bombs world or something. Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad I heard the song before I ever saw the video, because if I saw the video first, I probably wouldn't like the song as much. Yeah. It's a weird one. It's, it's fun, but I'm like, uh, man, I would have their other two videos, one of them being a proper video, the other one not, are such a different tone and vibe. And I would have loved something along that lines for this. But uh, hey, they did something fun and different. Why not? Robbie, what are your thoughts on buckets of blood? Buckets of blood. I think there's so many of them. How many? How many buckets of blood? Oh, do they ever give a, a solid number on this? Mm -mm. Okay, so we're just guessing. Never quantified. Yeah. Okay. Uh, myriad. Yeah. 18. Oh, okay. Yeah. 18, 18, 18 exactly. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Great. Uh, no, I, I love this song. I think the intro is really cool. So after we get all those intros, the intro to this actual song where there's, uh, you know, a sample of a guy saying, you know, what was left wasn't even a body. I think that's a really um, visceral thing to put in your head. Mm, yeah. 
I like so Jamie. I'm not sure what he's going on about here. There's a wizard of old days. His lyrics, uh, you know, they set a scene in a almost in more of a vocal tone way than than lyrically. Because I'm, you know, not sure what he's talking about. But then Monoxide comes in and he's doing sort of like a, a Madrox vibe painting thing, which I appreciate. But Monoxide, as a dude, I think is so much darker than Jamie Madrox that the shit, yeah. the vibe he paints is, is, is fucked up, man. And that's going to be consistent throughout this record. Monoxide is a, not to get redundant, but a twisted little freak. Yeah. He, uh, he definitely brings in some like sexual violence vibes throughout the album. Yeah. There's a couple things like yeah. that. There's some real yeah. like, um, graphic, you know, like suicide vibes and stuff like Monoxide's yeah. a, a, a sick little freak. And honestly, yes. for a horror core album, that's what I'm that's looking perfect. for, baby. I'm here for yeah. it. But yeah, it's, it's such a weird song construction wise because it's got the like whiny kind of West Coast synths in the beat. It's bouncy and fun, but also the vocals are like muted and double tracked in a way that's creepy. The production on this record through and through, I think, is is just excellently put together. And I think this is this gets us right into it. The like the, the vocal production on this record's kind of consistently low, like they're they're low in the mix, but I think it really makes you like bend an ear and listen to what's being said and, and gives it. I think it's what you need, you know, touch, you know, you said that and it, it really, uh, I had a light bulb moment when you said it, the, the vocals are not so low in the mix that you listen to it and go, something's wrong. Right. No, but they're low enough that the vocals become part of the music and what they're saying lands less than the sound of what they're saying. And it's an interesting choice, but it also serves like this song to get you to a place where you've heard the song you're like yeah that's cool and you're like well what did they say in the song you're like uh i'm not really sure but if you're going to put a song like that where they're not talking about something specific first banger on the album is is the place to put it yeah and i think it it makes it rewarding for repeat listens i think that's a thing consistently with this album like i, I you know last night so I probably did four or five listens to this for the for the, the show. Uh, not that I hadn't heard it before. But my final one last night I did with Genius pulled up and reading the lyrics. And after already having a bunch of notes, you know, it made me almost recontextualize what I was listening to and, and hearing just because I think the lyrics are so good throughout. But like they're not the, the lyrical content is not at the forefront necessarily. But once you dig into it, you're like, oh, there's some fucking cool stuff being said here. I can tell there is, mm-hmm. but I I would highly doubt that anybody on their first couple few listens, especially if you are listening while you're driving or in the background, yeah. are going to pick up most of what's there. Because I know, I can tell that there's thought and you know uh, stories and context and meaning in a lot of these songs. But I know this is an overall thoughts, but because of the way it's produced it doesn't all come through when you listen. And I think it works on both levels really well. And this is also sort sure. of an overall thoughts thing, but like, I think if you really sit and focus and pay attention to the lyrics, I think it works really well. And if you don't, if you just vibe to it, I think it works just as well. So I think that's, that's a thumbs up mm-hmm. for me on that. But um, uh, let's see, I, I wrote down the lines, evil's coming in the form of the twins and bringing hell to devour all your horrible sins. I think that's a cool little couplet. Yeah, I like it. I think everything here is great. I think you can really hear, especially in Monoxide's voice, that they are just coming off of Opaque Brotherhood because a lot of the the, the growly, low voice stuff, I think he really started developing there and he would kind of cement it on this record. So, yeah, I mean, I got nothing but positive notes here. 
Well, let's see if those positive notes continue onto the next track. Track number four, ha 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 ha. Eric, did you laugh? I think it's ha 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 because the 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 first ha is capital and mm. then you've got lowercase a in the next one and so it alternates. So you oh the, yes, there you go. You need to put like the uh, the emphasis on the first ha in each double ha phrase. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, To answer your question, no, I did not laugh when I listened to it. Mm, What did you do? Well, I had to listen to it multiple times. Uh, To Robbie's point, this is not a listen to it once and this this song is there for you. Uh, It's a listen multiple times and pay attention. Um, And honestly, the first few times I listened, I thought this was like an interlude because it's a song that never really finds its footing the way a traditional song does. It's uh, fairly minimal, a bit capricious throughout. Uh, the hook with the laughing is really cool. It comes up a couple of times. It's a dark, neat sounding song. But like throughout the whole thing, I kept thinking, all right, get to the fucking song. Let's go. However, if you listen to it several times and then watch the video, it was watching the video was the thing that actually made the song land for me more. It it helped bring what this song is about to life in a more direct way. Uh, unlike Buckets of Blood, this is actually kind of a, it's, it's like a horror movie. It's like making a horror movie and it's telling the story of two serial killers that in the end end up uh, finding each other and you wonder, oh, I wonder who's going to come out on top in this one. The audio is a little fucked up through the video, but you know, there's some big Dark Knight vibes, some American Psycho vibes in there. It's an interesting song. It's a cool song. It's a song that coming out of Buckets of Blood feels like you've taken me back to the multiple intros a bit because I'm like, get to the song. But uh, I, I'm I'm divided on this one. Can't tell if I'm like really cool or if I'm like, man, I don't think it quite gets there. Robbie, what do you think? Uh, for me, it gets there. I, I, I will spoil the uh, spoilers. Spoil the spoil the broth. I'm going to spoil the broth. <laughs> Uh, and, and say that, uh, this is probably at like a top, I don't know about 10, but it's in, it's in my list of top twisted songs because it is so unique and weird and cool and dark. I think the verses, the, the way there's kind of the double, double track vocals with the more whispery stuff and the, and growly Mm -hmm. stuff and uh, on Paul's verse, I guess specifically is really moody and dark. And then Jamie just does like a little, like nate dog singing thing that i think works really well for the vibe yeah i love this one i i I think the it's like it kind of feels like murder 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 2009 in the kind of the casual description of brutal murders but with a higher production value and you can see like one to wanting is that a a phrase a a being whatever putting those two tracks back to back you can see where they've grown musically the track that i would compare this to most mm-hmm. is can you keep a secret from opaque brother i could see that yeah and that's kind of where i was saying with the with the, what monoxide's doing with his voice on the last track is yeah. that like yes. you can tell that coming out of opaque brotherhood they've got a new set of tools to work with yeah which is one of my favorite tracks on opaque same brotherhood, big same yeah i think the spoken word like pre-choruses are really cool this song really sets a a, a scene in your head even with or without the video i think of like these are internal thoughts of a serial killer and not in the over the top, like t- traditional twisted way, but like in like a more grim 
realistic way, which I think is really cool. The music video, like you said, I think is a must watch. I think it's like an important part of understanding the song. For sure. It it definitely changed the way I felt about it. I mean, I, I, I went from having my notes about being like, eh, get to the song to going, okay, wait, maybe I kind of like this. Yeah, I think it's probably my favorite video they've done just full stop and and yeah i mean i love this song i'm good. a big ha 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 fan <laughs> head. yeah 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 uh aaron talk to me about ha 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 oh man they're laughing like a lunatic yeah uh, <laughs> uh yeah i kind of when i first heard this track i was like man this is sort of like nothing really actually is getting going here it's it's it, it yeah. does kind of feel like a long interlude yep uh, almost but uh, once I really got, once I listened through to Wicked in its entirety and then went back and did my second listen with all of that context already, I, I think the song is great. I, I think that the beat is cool. Uh, it, it is sort of like a, a different vibe uh, and a, not a traditional song. Or, and it's not something that if I think twisted, this isn't going to be the first song that comes to mind because it's we, it's different. It's It's a weirder thing. But it's executed very well. I think the story is great of of them being the two serial killers. Yeah, I, I fucking like this song a lot. And I think like to that point about it, it being kind of not a traditional song or whatever. When you think like twisted horrorcore rap group, I think something that's this musically interesting is not what comes to mind for most people. I think this album really like has a lot of unique and interesting like creative musical choices that that boy am i a fan of it's clear that they intentionally looked at tracks and went how do we do something different here yeah yeah which i i feel like freak show was the same way i i think so too and i think it's 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 apropos or whatever that uh that jamie said that freak show was the last time they'd really put this much work into making like a, a conceptual thing mm. because you can tell that it's like yeah, they like the the tools in the in the the, the crayon box. That's a phrase. <laughs> weren't as sharp uh, for freak show. You know, they didn't have quite the level right. of skill at singing or song structure and things like that. And and I think this is that done better. You know, on a musical level, where they've got some of the industrial yeah. influence, some of the singing and all that. But it's like, oh, these guys figured out how to be a band in the interim. Yeah. Anyway, that's just some overall thoughts. Cool. Let's move on to track five. This one is called Death Note. Robbie, Mm -hmm. talk to us about Death Note. Uh, Yeah. Well, so to get right back to Freak Show comparisons, weirdly, which I did not uh, intend, but this is almost like a darker, uh, updated version of Fall Apart from that record, I feel like, in that it's like an upbeat, bouncy suicide track. The the lyrics... uh, I wrote just in my notes, lyrics on this album are fantastic. So I must have been really enjoying everything so far. <laughs> yeah, I think Madrox's verse is really cool. I, again, I have written down that this album like rewards repeat listens. Because I think when I was listening to it without reading the lyrics, I was like, yeah, it's a cool little bouncy track about, you know, offing yourself. Nice, nice. And then reading through it alongside, I was like, damn, they are saying some cool shit. Like, I, I, you know, I like that Jamie's got... Uh, some trepidation, you know, he's like, I'm going to slice my neck. Nah, no, 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 no. Sleeping pills. No, that's whack. Again, this is just a cool, it, it kind of takes us back to buckets of blood musically, which is the kind of bouncy, bouncy, spooky. I don't know what, what, how you would define this, this genre, but it's like, it's hip hoppy and, and fun, but it's also dark and spooky. And the, the lyric 
or the vocal production is is haunting. I don't know. Yeah, I like it. I'm going to say thumbs up to Death Note. Aaron, <laughs> talk to me about this one. I think my thumbs are also going to be up. Oh. This song kicks off and you, you really hear the fucking... I, I feel like this in this track the the verses and the flows are way more present in in the uh mix for like the mm-hmm. first time on this album this feels like a more traditional mm-hmm. song structured yeah verse hook verse hook verse hook outro kind of thing and i think that they're great yeah just like what you were saying jamie's verse his first verse right up top just talking about you know, writing this verse down in his bedroom and talking about ways to kill himself. Yeah. Fucking sick. I think the, the, uh, the hook is pretty catchy. Uh, the beat is super cool. Uh, I was super into this track. This is a, definitely a standout for me. Yeah. Big fan. Eric thoughts. Yeah. You know, you said something that's interesting that I had thought about as well. And I don't think this is the point for me where it happens, but I do think that the deeper you get into this album, the more uh, traditional the production and strong song structure gets. I think they really front loaded it with big, different, you know, let's try and do stuff that's outside the box. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is not not the one where I think it gets more traditional. This one feels pretty outside the box to me. I will say I read the title and I fully expected and hoped that this would be about the manga and anime mm-hmm. uh, death note or conceptually, because it would be a really neat concept for a song where a demon gives you a book where you can write people's names in it. And those people would die. It's not about that at all. No, uh, it's about essentially leaving a suicide note, which I don't think was a big disappointment because the subject matter works and they take it to really dark places. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, musically, I don't fuck with this at all, especially the hook. Cause it's got like jock jam synths on it. And there's so many change-ups in this song. It just feels so disjointed to me. Uh, the female vocals in this one don't help it to me. It's just the mood is all over the place. If you're going to make a dark song about suicide, I think there's a way to change the mood up. Uh, in a in a way that feels you know, uncomfortable for the hook and stuff but this one i'm just like oh i feel like you made this music before you decided what the song was going to be about and it, to me i just couldn't vibe with it but those are my thoughts on that one all right fuck yeah should we move forward and uh take yeah. a trip over to our uh, local haunt the crossroads inn yes okay well then let's talk about the song crossroads inn track six uh, Aaron, tell me what you think about this song. First off, I think this beat goes super hard. This is a nice little story-driven song of two young twisted whippersnappers mm. wanting to go into a haunted hotel with a video camera. And they don't realize they're already fucking dead. Fuck. And they're trying to escape their reality. Uh, and I think it's it's done really well. The, uh, you know, intro and then those interludes that sort of set up the story and kind of give you exposition is really nice. And, and then their verses pair into those interludes very well. Uh, the hook is super catchy. I think the story is fun. Uh, and, and it definitely, I think, fits pretty well with the vibe of what we're getting so far on Wicked. But let me tell you. I'm tossing a crossroads in right up next to Hotel California of places I'm <laughs> never going to stay. Fair. Yeah, that sounds fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, very, very dope song. I, I did enjoy this one. Eric. 
Thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I think this is a pretty good track. Cool music, cool verses, cool hook, fun concept. Uh, and I do think that this is the first track on the album that does feel more fun. Uh, I guess Buckets of Blood is kind of like fun in that way, but this one's a little less uh, dark. However, I do have a big issue with one aspect of the song, and it's the narrator. And I'm pretty sure it's Jamie, and they just pitched his voice down. Yeah. It, I can understand it at the beginning, but they pitched it down so far that through most of the song, whenever those <laughs> narration parts come in, it sounds like Zordon with a cold, <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> like... <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like the Charlie Brown teachers, you know, like it's I'm like, I can't. It's co- totally unintelligible. That's one of the few like big production missteps so far that I'm like, oof, man, that I, I would love to hear the story. Too bad. It's just mumbling. Uh, overall, though, cool song. Robbie, oh. tell us about the cross crossroads or if you're listening on streaming crossroad in just a single. Road. Oh, just one road. Yeah. They'll meet yeah. you at the one crossroad. Yeah, the crossroad of X and nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Uh, Yeah, I like this one a lot. I think it is cool. It's structurally built really cool. I think the fact that there's, you know, the little interludes of talking. I also don't have a clue what's being said in those just because unless I'm reading along, it's it's difficult to follow. But I think it sounds good still. Yeah, I guess I should have clarified. I did not know what they were until my second listen when I was looking at Genius while I was... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm uh listening yeah but but i think I, I think even if it does sound muddled i think it still sounds cool like i think it works just at an audio level there's so much just buried in this album from sound effects to different little samples and choral you know parts of the beat uh it's just like very much i'd say the most detailed production of any twisted album to this point you can tell they really like we're like we got to work this thing to death and i think to to eric's point on that um narration it is maybe a little overworked to the point that you can't pick up what it is but like i commend the like leaving no stone unturned thing and like trying to make everything sound cool and interesting yeah there's a fun little song about uh haunted hotels or motels is it in a motel uh yeah okay usually so so a nice little haunted motel track which you know I'm, i'm here for it i like it i like it i love it Do I want some more of it? Yes. Oh, good. Let's move on to track seven. Okay. All the above. Eric, what are your thoughts? I love the way this song starts out. Actually, I love the way the verses sound in this song. Just Paul and Jamie just sound great on it. But the hook just makes no sense to me in the song. It's just the wrong mood for me. I, I it it really prevents me from getting into the song because it's got this like almost gospel vibes with this jazzy guitar and the female vocals. I think it's done well, but placed into the song next to the verses, it just fucks up my vibe. And I will say in subsequent listens, it's grown on me a bit, but the rest of the song is just so dark. It, it feels weird to have it there. And I made this comparison in my notes. And this is a thing that truly upsets me in real life, like just throws off my mood for the day. I love rainy days. Uh, It's comfortable to me. It's just a good vibe. When the sun comes out on a rainy day, it fucks me up and puts me in a bad mood. Mm. That's what this is like. This hook is like the sun coming out on a rainy day. And I get that maybe they did that strategically. And I mean, for being a hook that to me feels out of place, I will not deny that the hook is done really well. Like it'll grow on you. It's catchy. Uh, 
I, I, this is another song that's like just disparate concepts mashed together and maybe intentionally. I will believe that there are people that probably fucking love this song, but for me, I struggle with it. And maybe if I listened another 30 or 40 times, I would start to get used to it. But man, it was just like, uh, started listening to the song and all of a sudden it was jerk the wheel and go off a cliff, you know, or vice versa. I'm already off the cliff and <laughs> back on the road. I'm like, fucking don't do jerk that. Jerk the wheel back of the road. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Robbie, what do you think? Well, I'm personally glad that you believe that there are people who fucking love this song because I'm one of them. Whoa. Uh, okay. Yeah. I think the hook's really cool. I think Blaze on his the fucking crooner shit crushes this. The verses are some of my favorite verses Twisted have overall, like as a as a group front to back. I just the concept of like they've done this a couple times, uh, you know, to the point that Jay even called it out. Uh, Violent J in a different song. Yeah, Jamie Madrox talked about something like this once. I yeah, think. yeah, and then again and again. Um, but but they're they're very clearly dead here. They're not prematurely buried, but they're cognizant and and trying to come back to the world, uh, which is I think is a cool concept. You know, they're talking about people visiting their grave and how they wish they could reach out to them and say a couple things, which is awesome. Yeah, really, really cool. You know, Jamie's leveling with his mom who's sad he's saying hey listen it's it ain't been easy down here either I'm, you know i apologize uh it's been real turmoil which i think is a i think it's the i hear it mama it's been real turmoil is a, is a cool line uh monoxide again just a dark little freak uh while we were talking about you know jamie's feeling kind of sorrowful and uh monoxide is detailing how he uh shot himself in the face basically but then it, the bleak end of that is that now he's stuck in a grave where it's everything is black and hard to breathe, exactly like the life that I was trying to leave. So it's like, uh, you know, no matter where you take yourself, even to the grave, you bring yourself with you or whatever that phrase is. Yeah, I think this is a really cool song. I don't know what the fuck Monoxide's final verse is about. He gets his, his grave robbed. They take his corpse put it on a porch as a prep for the divorce. Do not know it. So as someone's I'm if I'm reading this correctly, robs his grave, takes his body out of it, puts it on a corp or on a porch to prank someone that's getting yeah. divorced or something. Yeah. <laughs> what, what better way to serve pay? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, presumably that person calls the police who then put him in a black bag, take him back to the morgue and then put him back in a grave. And no, nobody comes and visits him anymore. I don't know what this is. <laughs> it's the weirdest shit I've ever heard, especially on a pretty like down to earth, uh, you know, sorrowful song. But um, hey, you know, sometimes you got to take it to a weird fucking level. Uh, I love the outro with the guitar. I think that just the like bluesy guitar playing works really well for this. Yeah, this is a, this is a top tier one for me. This is a high on my list of songs that I think are good. But uh, Aaron, talk to me about all of the above the things I said. Well, if I had to sit here in this courtroom and choose between mom and dad on this one. Mm -hmm. I'm going dad. I lean with Eric on this one. Okay. Yeah. I think that uh, everything about this song is super solid, except that hook. Uh, it, it just, the way I put it in my notes, Eric was it felt abrupt. Yeah, it is. You know, it's definitely a, a clear and different vibe shift between the rest of the song and although it might be intentional and although it is i will admit like you eric it is well done i just don't think it kind of takes me out of it 
it just feels like it's in the wrong song <laughs> yeah it, it feels like yeah it feels like it's in the wrong song it, it takes me out of it and i think by the way that uh that turmoil line uh i hear it mama it's been real turmoil i think he meant to say i hear it mama it's been real termites oh uh eating away at his coffin yeah mm, sure um, yeah, that, that could be a thing <laughs> but uh to robbie's point i think the verses are, are really good uh that one in particular is is super awesome and down to earth that last monoxide verse kind of goes out the off the rails a little bit but uh you have to go off the wall and uh out of the coffin sometimes mm. to uh to really really say what you need to say here but overall i think it's a a, a good track but not a track that I want to rush back and return to because that hook takes me out of it every time. Yeah. yeah. Again, it might grow on me, but all right, let's move on to track eight. This one's called, huh? Uh, <laughs> Robbie, what do you think of killing season? Uh, I, so first of all, this base that starts this thing, I love it. I think coming right out of all of the above, like the the live instrumentation kind of segues between the two in a really cool way. Generally, I think the live instrumentation on this album is really cool. I don't know if that's all Eric Davies or fan submitted playing. I don't, you know, from 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 that contest, not contest, but you know what I mean. The the the, yeah. the plea for submissions. I think the vocal performance adds to the vibe really well. Monoxide's verse is genuinely disturbing. This is the one, you know, this guy couldn't have uh, kids with his wife, so he fucked her with a butcher knife. That's that's upsetting. Is that a Cannibal Corpse reference? Uh, probably not, knowing Monoxide and his deep knowledge of death metal, but uh, I wouldn't fully rule it out. Isn't that a Cannibal Corpse song, Fucked with a Knife? Probably. Uh, yeah. Pretty sure it is. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, again, just... It's it's not doing anything that's wildly out of pocket for this album so far, what we've seen, but I think it's really just another, you know, cool chapter on this uh this track list. And again, yeah, the, the live instrumentation I think really takes it up a notch for me. But uh Aaron, talk to me about killing season. Yeah. Uh duck season? No. Wabbit season? No. Killing season? Big time, baby. I think that uh, this song is pretty, pretty awesome that I, I actually wanted to talk about. You brought it up, but that line from Monoxide, he lost the battle of his life and couldn't have kids with his wife. So he fucked. Uh, and so he fucked her with a butcher knife. That line, every time I listen to this song, like sent shivers down my spine. It's just same. That verse is just so like graphic and like he just makes it feel real and it's just his delivery on it is amazing i, I really like that verse that that might be one of uh my top verses on this album mm. but i think the hook is, is super catchy uh no matter what they do to me no matter what they say it just i found myself humming it along last week while, while listening and then even humming it a little bit while not listening and Whoa. doing other things oh uh yeah yeah big uh big big reveal there beat was cool Killing season, good track. Eric. Yeah, Robbie, to answer your question, there are multiple people credited with providing guitar for these songs. Kill With Us is uh, Justin Ruffin, who also provided guitars for My Enemies. Mm. Uh, no other credits 
for guitar. So it could have easily been somebody that sent stuff in. Um, let's see. Guitar for all of the above is Willie E, who also has no other credits that I can see. We've got uh, Randy Lynch, who puts who provided guitar for Bella Morte. Uh, and for whoa whoa now randy lynch has done a lot of work has a bunch of different credits and did some stuff for clockwork gray okay. uh, so it looks like potentially a mix okay. here i like it cool i like some better yeah. than others <laughs> yeah so uh killing season another very minimal song musically uh i also had that uh, that line from paul like that grabs your attention every time and it's such a horrific thought yeah it's just awful it it i mean it is you know i said it's a cannibal corpse reference but like it verges on you know death metal type lyrics or like more you know underground traditional horror core type lyrics you know that that kind of stuff would be in there I think it's a pretty cool track, and I will say Jamie's delivery on this, I actually have the note, we talked about it for the last track, but reminded me of the way Jay delivers the Jamie Madrock rap, Jamie Madrock's rapped about something like this once. It just, it's got that sort of, you know, put it through a telephone filter and on this minimal beat, it kind of just has that vibe. But uh, yeah, cool song. It's a pretty cool track. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Well, uh hey used to be the outro of the show no longer is but it's the next song uh whoop whoop hey we ending already yeah goodbye (laughs) see ya uh whoop whoop now this song is the one track i that really stood out to me when i uh listened to this album that i said yep this probably is a banger live this is probably a good, and I wanted to check with you, Robbie. Yeah. Uh, is this one a, a good, a go-to for them on, on live sets? It has been, yeah. I, not as much uh, recently that I can think of because they've been doing so much throwback to earlier than this touring. And then also then the occasional recent songs touring. But uh, traditionally, yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll hear this at a show. Oh yeah, that that's what I figured. Uh, I think that the 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 chorus is is catchy, although it's not something I would particularly like to sing along to. Uh, it's catchy, and I can see it being a very good sing along uh, part. What I do have an issue though with some of the lyrics in the chorus. Y'all could never do what I do. Whoop 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 whoop. Even if I became you. So by that logic. Mm-hmm. You could. That would mean that you either they could do what you could do or you can't do what you can do. <laughs> it's a paradox. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. Yeah. It's uh and and that and it really hit me. It struck me on my second list and I said, Hey, whoever's got the horses, hold them. Sure. Because this is uh <laughs> this is wild. That we need to get to the bottom of this. So I would like to get uh, twisted on the show and this is the only thing i want us to okay. talk about uh so let's try and let, try and work on that uh i think that jamie madrox had a uh, really good verse his second verse uh starting off with uh i'm jeffrey dahmer with a wayne gacy mask on um he also has a harvey dent reference with two-face uh ted bundy reference as well there's that's another dark knight reference for you i mean beyond that too but Two faces in Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Harvey Dent. Right around this time, I mean, Two Face had a great part in Dark Knight. Yeah. Uh, very memorable, and probably brought him to the front of this. Obviously, 
uh, Jamie knew who Two Face was, a Batman Clearly. fan. But I think the Dark Knight probably brought Two Face to the uh, pop culture zeitgeist. Yeah, sure. Right? While we're talking Two Face, um, really quick, are we going me with it? The guy in the newest, the that the one from the recent time that this album came out, or uh, Tommy Lee Jones as a favorite. Oh, as a favorite, I would go with Batman the Animated Series. Oh, third option. Oh, that's a good one. I'm yeah. going Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee. <laughs> Actually, so I, over I like, in that movie. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who, what the name of the actor was off the top of my head, but uh, in The Dark Knight, he was he was a very good Two-Face, I think. What's his name? Aaron Eklund? Is that his name? Aaron something? Very good Harvey Dent. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I also really like how they did his like makeup for Two Face in that movie. Eckhart, Aaron Eckhart, Aaron Eckhart. Mm-hmm. There we go. Hey, my namesake, handsome guy. I'm looking at pictures of him right now. Yeah, yeah half yeah. of his face is real fucked up though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> IRL. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think that this track is a great, probably live track. Uh, I don't mind it on the album. Uh, I think it's it's pretty good. You know, you got some good stuff in here, but also let's figure out this hook. Eric, what are your thoughts? I think the music is fun here. I like the verses, but with a few exceptions, we got Paul out here talking about date rape for the 30 or 40th time. He's just, he loves that phrase in general. And uh, Jamie, the serial killer's name is John Wayne gacy you can't just say wayne gacy yeah every time i listen to it and he says wayne gacy mask my brain went wayne brady Mm -hmm. (laughs) which i think is way funnier jeffrey dahmer with a wayne brady mask on (laughs) just getting killed by somebody with a wayne brady mask on that's that's a new horror movie right there i don't know that i'd recognize him Really? The the getaway driver is has a Drew Carey mask. <laughs> now that I would recognize. <laughs> yes. I that sounds amazing. Two actually just two serial killers that wear Wayne Brady and <laughs> Drew Carey masks. Just just the, the whole cast of who's yeah. lying. You know what? Cut this. Yeah, let's write it up. Let's, let's, uh, yeah. let's get this script. Cut all this. <laughs> uh Aaron, I'll agree. The the hook with the funky worm synth in there. Doesn't really do much for me. Also, the musical change up for the bridge is kind of weird as well. Uh, But Robbie, you mentioned it earlier. They do have those little sort of West Coast funky worm synth and other West Coast hip hop elements throughout this album. But compared to what was it? Uh, Toxic Terror that we talked about Mm -hmm. that had a lot of that West Coast stuff or uh, Independence Day. Yeah, I think both of them kind of had some of that vibe going on. I wouldn't say that is the. The, the most prevalent aspect of the music. I think it's they wove in little bits of that stuff here and there. And sometimes it works better than others here. Not as good to me, but yeah, it's a fun. It's a fun song. I think this is just meant to be a fun song. And it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I agree. Fun. Yeah. So, Robbie, what do you think about whoop whoop? I know probably your favorite phrase. I hear you say it all the goddamn time. <laughs> you know, I'm whooping. I'm out here. Yeah. Two scoops of whoop for the uh, the community. <laughs> two, uh, two whoops of raisins. Yeah. He's like, every day I'm whoop whooping. Yeah. No, you'll see me. No. Sometimes I, if I if I go out in the world, I'll just see someone with a maybe an ICP shirt. And I just from across a crowd, just whoop whoop. And they smile. <laughs> yeah, they sm- you're they, like they're uh, like nod 
tip the hat. You're like the trope of like the Midwestern good boy that moves to New York City and opens his apartment window and says, good morning, world. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. And then like three New Yorkers like, ah, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? No, I, that, that was one of my favorite scenes from Coming to America. Good morning, my neighbors. Hey, fuck you. Yes. Yes. Fuck you too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the big. That is it. Whoop, exactly whoop where. Yeah. Fuck you too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I'm recently we wa- rewatched that, by the way. It was yeah, good. Yeah. It holds. Good. Yeah. It holds up. Uh, I'm not a big whoop guy, uh, but, you know, I get that people are, especially in 2009. I'm sure people were loving it. They were whooping themselves silly. Oh, for sure. Whooping cough. (laughs) (laughs) They were whooping ass. Open up a can of whoop, whoop ass. Um, Eating some whoop cream. (laughs) You couldn't stop them. It was the glory days of whoop, whoop. Um, And this is, yeah, sort of the like contractually obligated juggalo anthem on this album. Um, and I think it works for that. It's it's like Aaron said, it's a fun live little number. Um, that that Jamie verse is a standout to me. Just uh, there's times where like in the past I've been at shows and they like uh, I'm specifically thinking of a drive by show that I went to. And this was playing on the speakers between acts. And I was like, oh, yeah, uh, I know this song. And then that I'm Jeffrey Dahmer with a Wayne Gacy mask on verse starts. I'm just like, oh, God, this is fucking hard. So yeah, that that's a standout verse. You know, it's it's fast. It's full of killer references. Um, just a just a good a good time overall. Yeah, I do love when Jamie starts talking about serial killers. It takes me back to the the House of Crazies days. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he, you know, Jamie is good at rattling off a list of names. Uh, he does it in a way that sounds cool. <laughs> it doesn't always make any sense. Uh, you know, like Richard Ramirez with Bundy eyes. That means nothing. But it fucking sounds cool, you know. You you know who else is really good at rattling off names? Mm. Aaron. He does it every episode. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I didn't realize that was a skill until you just brought it up. But like, I'm hoping that people put that shit on their resume. Like, uh, do you have any special <laughs> skills? Well, I mean, you have a list of names. I'll rattle it off. I'm I'm really good at rattling. If them you off. need me to take oh. roll, buddy, <laughs> I'm hired. Um, and someday I hope to have Jamie doing the Patreon names. That'd be fucking amazing. <laughs> would, be, would be great. Would be great. Uh, but yeah, I'd say this this track uh, adds energy to the album and gives it a little burst of excitement. But generally, not my favorite track on the record. Uh, but okay. but I, I think it's 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 fun. I think that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the next track. We are now halfway done. Whoa. With Yay. with our tracks uh, going track by track. So track number ten, that's wicked. Which uh, I believe, based on Eric's. Uh, Eric and Robbie's info up at the top of the episode. This is the first single off of this, correct? Yeah, yeah, physical single that they that they threw out to the crowd at, at the. Yeah, not like released with a video yeah. or anything. But this is what they. Yes, this is what. They right. This is out. our first. This is our first little taste. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Eric, what are your thoughts? I think this is fine. It's a, definitely a more traditional song compared to most of the albums so far. This is when I was talking about. We start to get into a little more traditional production and song structure this is really around the point where that starts happening more uh and we are two-thirds of the way into the proper album at this point uh, i don't love it i don't dislike it it's i think if you're going to hand out cds to a a whole group of people that love twisted and you don't want to fucking scare them away this might be a good choice from the album because it's uh 
not the best track. So it's not like you're blowing your load by handing out this disc, but it's also not something that is uh, too experimental that they're going to be like, what the fuck is this shit? So I think for that purpose, it makes sense, but it's not a song that I particularly personally love. It's fine. It's a deep album track and it's okay. Robbie, what do you think? Yeah, I pretty much uh, will mirror, mirror everything you've just said. I think this one's fine. It's one of the least memorable songs on this album to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But it does make perfect sense as something to throw out as an early taste of the album because so much of this record is, is, is heavy vibes and, and eerie, spooky, slow sounds and all that. Like you you can't really go, Hey, we got an album coming out and here's a ha 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 ha. You know, yeah. Mess with people. (laughs) People be like, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, Or they would love it and, and can't wait. I don't know. You know, but this is a safe early single. I think it's, Oh, this is twisted. They're rapping about stuff. Oh, wicked. That's the name of the album. They say it in the thing. Cool. Great. But uh, as you know, like you said, it's a good deep album track, but it's not memorable to me to the point that outside of the, thing about you know being a good thing to put on a cd single i literally took no notes because i was just like yeah it's it's this song uh i don't know yeah it's fine aaron talk to me about that's wicked now that's wicked now i think uh the perfect way to put this is that if wicked the album was a brand new ice cream shop i was opening up Hmm. (laughs) where the fuck are you going with this and we have the ha 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 flavor. Uh-huh. <laughs> we have the that's wicked flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, w- we have the buckets of blood flavor. It's probably like a red cherry flavor. Sure. And somebody walks in and said, you know what? I've never tried your ice cream before. I would like to taste what your wicked ice cream shop is. I would dip my little tasting spoon into the vanilla mm. that is yeah. that's wicked. Okay. And I would hand them, dole it out for a taste. I think this is a great, like I'm just like what y'all said. This is a great taste, uh, early taste of what is to come. That is probably the safest thing that they could have released uh, as to not ruffle any feathers. Yeah. 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 And uh, I think that that is uh, a good thing to have. You know, that, that was the right move. But I also think that it might be to the detriment of this song a little bit because it just means that this song is, you know, it's here. It's There's safe. nothing super memorable. It's safe. Yeah. Um, and it, it's not something that I would want to skip or or is bad in any way. But it is the song that I have the least notes about uh, just because it's it's there and it's it's fine. For a lack of notes, you really pulled a whole fucking ice cream analogy out of your ass. Yeah, yeah I that was that bizarre. Was in, in the, yeah. I looked down at my notes. So I was like, whoa, I have two things written about this. And then I was like, I got to pull something. <laughs> you know what? Ice cream. Uh, Yeah. Plus, God, I really want ice cream. It sounds great now that you mention it. It's been a while. Yeah. Guys, let's go. Ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Let's go get ice cream. Let's go to the Wicked Ice Cream <laughs> Shop. Wish I could. Uh, wish ice cream keeps even distribution in my cone. I don't know. Twisted's Wicked Ice Cream. It's right next to Dark Carnival Coffee. In Seattle <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. The, the, they, they always hire the, uh, the, the landscapers to come yeah. out and fix their hedges, too. <laughs> I think it's want ice cream cone, but, you know, spelled a little sure. fun. Extra delicious. <laughs> now that's, so that's sort of how you order. Yeah. Right. You say extra delicious, please. Oh, because otherwise they make it kind of shitty. Yeah. 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 It comes standard. It comes like. Yeah, it's fine. But then they put a little uh, MSG in it to make it better. 
Yeah. Is that how I... It is MSG, <laughs> okay. yes. Is that good for ice cream? I think it stands... <laughs> It stands for, wow, ice cream. Kids eat this. (laughs) (laughs) I do like that. There you go. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Okay. Let's move on to track 11. This one is called They Told Me. Robbie, I would like you to tell us. Oh, uh, well, I'll tell you one thing. Fuck you. Um. (laughs) (laughs) No, fuck you, motherfucker. (laughs) Fuck. Fuck die. Fuck die. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I love the verses and the message of this song, but I do not like that chorus one bit. Uh, it reminds me of the song on, I think, both Mansmith and Mutant that was basically called, I think it was called Fuck You, and there was two versions of it, um, and both of them were bad. Oh, yeah. There was like the rock version yeah, of it. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, fuck you. I'm like, all right, chill out. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think this song has a lot going for it and then it also has some stuff not going for it which is that chorus the 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 verses though are really cool like um i don't know so i i I wrote (laughs) last monoxide verse has some of those grisly details i love about him so much in this era and forward and then in parentheses i said maybe don't say forward but as of late i think because i didn't want to spoil the f- <laughs> oh fuck! You just spoiled yeah, everything. Now you know it. that he's got grisly details going forward. God damn it! Um, but but I, I think yeah, I, I love the verses here. To to reiterate, I think they're doing some really cool stuff. They're saying, hey, don't let your fears and doubts let you down. You know, people, society has told you a lot of things, and and you know, you don't have to listen to them. Be yourself. Be be you. Be whatever. Uh, and then the chorus just uh, fucking sucks. <laughs> Absolutely not a fan of this chorus. But hey, you know, you can't win them all. Aaron, tell me if you can win them all. Uh, I can and I will. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> that's all you do is win, win, win. That's all yeah, you do. Yeah, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. So this song starts out and I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. Yes, yes, yes. They told me this. They told me that. They told me this. And then the hook comes in and I said, no, no, no. (laughs) Yeah. They told me a lot of expletives, a lot of F bombs. Mm -hmm. But outside of the course, I think that this is a a really cool. This is a very formulaic song. They told me X. They told me this. You know what I mean? Um, and, And they do it very well. Uh, yeah. That monoxide verse at the end is really fucking awesome. Uh, the hook just takes me out of this one totally and completely, even more so than uh, all of the above. This one just, ah, it's late. I feel like it's lazy. Yeah. Eric, what are your thoughts? Exactly the same as both of you. Uh, started <laughs> off loving it, got to the hook, and it just obliterates what would be <laughs> an otherwise super cool song to me. Yeah. I also just can't, it's not even just the re- repetitive fuck in it. It's, the fuck die. I'm like, you could have said anything. You said, fuck you, fuck this. Fuck you, fucking die, something. But the fuck die. And then, like, it gets near the end and they're just repeating the fuck die, fuck die. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. I love the parts I love, hate the parts I hate. Great. Yeah. Fair. Well, fuck. Uh, well, fuck die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's jump into. Some people that I wish would fuck die, um, which would be my enemies. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, I got a lot of them. <laughs> um, and they, they know who they are and they'll die. Eventually. Uh, yeah, they'll fuck die. Uh, <laughs> Aaron, 
tell me about my enemies, not my personal enemies. Tell me about the song, my enemies. Okay. Well, I was going to say number one on the list with a bullet, me. Uh, I do have a bullet with your name on it, by the way. Oh, wow. wow, wow. (laughs) I'll be your number one with a bullet. All right. Loaded God complex. Cock and pull it. Fuck yeah. Um, No, fuck die. Oh, shit. Fuck die. Uh, First off, I don't think I would want my enemies to fuck die. I think I just want them to die unpleasured balls full. You know what I mean? (laughs) Okay. All right. uh my enemies just like my enemies in real life not my vibe (laughs) uh there's just so much guitar and and there's guitar all over this album right but i think that this track in particular it it just it's so heavy with the guitars and and the rock imitation it just i couldn't quite get past that I think that the super fast flows go really hard, but I immediately got lost after that just because the musically, I just was not here for this one at all. Eric, were you here for this one musically or lyrically or listen, are you here for your enemies? Fucking 12 tracks into this thing, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've still got six more to go. Sure. My notes just say, nah, don't need a crappy rock song right now. (laughs) There we go. Fair. That's it. That's my notes. Robbie? Uh, Yeah, so I was actually pretty, not surprised, I guess is not the right word, but uh, when you were reading off the guitar credits earlier and said that this guitar man was the same guitar man as uh, Kill With Us, I was like, yep, you're goddamn right it is because I fucking hate both of those guitars. So I think the drums on this are cool, and I think the rapping is cool. I think the guitars suck, and the lyrics just don't seem finished or something. Like, this song doesn't seem to mean anything at all. It seems like they like, like the demo version where they're like, okay, we're going to come back and write real lyrics later. But uh, for now, you know, we'll we'll put this out there and overall just equals like not a lot for me. I don't like the guitars. I think, uh, yeah, the lyrics, I I mean, I guess it's about your enemies, put them deep in their graves, but yeah, overall, this is a, this is a thumbs down for me. Thumbs down. This one's on my list of enemies. Whoa. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, well, let's see. If this next track is on anybody's list of enemies, uh, number 13, Bella Morte. Eric, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Bella Morte, Beautiful Death. Uh, question. I saw this name and it made me think of, have either of you ever seen that movie, Della Morte, Della More? No, no, I don't think so. It's okay. Okay. Just getting to the okay? Yeah. All right. So this song, to me, feels like... It should be the last track on the album, just musically. It's got this really slow, quiet, somber tone at the beginning that really grows into this big, dark rock song. And it just the the build of it just so much feels like this would be a great emotional swell for the end of the album. I think it's a decent track. I I like it. I think it's pretty good. Uh, I think it's placed incorrectly, but I like it. Robbie, what do you think? Yeah, I said uh, cool concept and production and vocals. This is kind of what I was realizing when listening to this one is that this is the first Twisted album where I feel like the vocal performance takes an equal role in importance as the rapping. Yeah. Whereas like previous albums we've been like, yeah, this chorus is whatever, but like, no, they're rapping their asses off on these verses. And I feel like on this album, they really put a lot of work into the song structure and like, you know, hooks and all that stuff. And it pays off. I think this is a dynamite one. 
This is the first album where we hear Paul singing yeah. in a way that seems like Paul can sing or that he's working with a producer that understands how to get him into a good range and mix his voice. Not so much in this song specifically, but there's one later that we're going to talk about where I'm like, okay, this is where we hear Paul like figuring out his voice. Yeah, absolutely. And I have a feeling I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. But I feel like something I really like about Twisted as a whole, and this is maybe an overall thoughts, but fuck it. I'm here giving them. Uh, is that like they never – every now and then they hit upon like a, a kind of a tentpole album where they're like, this is all the tools we have. We got them. Here they are. But everything in between is sort of a, a series of building block albums where they're like testing new waters, trying new things, and, and some of it works, some of it doesn't. And I feel like here we have some of the ideas that we're kind of formulating in Mutant and Freak Show, some of the, the singing and rock ideas that didn't really work. But like they were trying to figure it out. I feel like this track and this album overall, they figured it out. They knew the right amount to put into it, you know, of the singing and the rock without overwhelming it or just making bad songs. Yeah, I think uh, I think they did a great job. And I think that final what if blank was wicked verse is really good stuff. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know if it's like the best lyrics ever. You know, like, 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 oh, what if that was wicked? That's interesting. Not like that. But I just think it sounds really cool. The repetition of it works really well. Yeah, I think this is just a very well produced and put together song. Aaron, what do you think about it? Come on, just give me a little taste. Well produced, well put together. And to Eric's point, something that I feel like could really be a great album ender track. I think that it, the beat is weird, but they mesh with it very well. And it, it's got this great vibe to it that they're able to match. The hook is catchy. The the bridge outro at the end uh, back into the hook, I think, is really cool and really makes it feel like a, a great album ender. So I was surprised when I saw that we still had uh, two more tracks minus the bonus. Uh, mm -hmm. so really five more tracks total after this, because after listening to this, I thought, man, this is one that makes me want to sit and like feel for a second before Spotify ultimately plays a random podcast episode that's on my next up. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really enjoy this track, I, but I, I think that it would have been a, a fantastic last track word. Well, let's go to what's still not the last track. This is track 14. This one is called. When I get to hell, which apparently is a foregone conclusion, they're definitely headed there. Robbie, tell me what happens when they get to hell. Oh, I mean, where do I start? Uh, Monoxide is going to be looking for Heath Ledger. And uh, why is he in hell, by the way? Heath Ledger? Yeah. Um, you see, Drunk driving, killed a family of three. And I mean, the Joker did some bad stuff in that movie. I think if you portray a bad guy, you go to hell. Okay. Why is Marilyn Monroe in hell? Um, she portrayed some bad guys <laughs> drunk driver killed a family of three <laughs> <laughs> she played a bad guy in batman yeah uh no I, I mean when they go to hell a lot of cool stuff's happening here i think this is a this is a great track uh first of all before we get into the meat of the track i think the transitions on this album make it really like like bella morte and when i get to hell are musically super different songs mm -hmm. but i think they work next to each other because of the kind of bridging sound effects and and musical stuff that they do it just makes it makes the, the flow of the album works really well i guess is what i'm saying and then in the meat let's get to the meat i love this song i think the concept is fantastic i love 
the idea of what's going to happen. You know, Monoxide is just going to rule this place. He's going to be the king. He's, he's changing from skin to skeleton. His arms are getting demon wings. People are going to put him in a throne and, you know, he's going to be the king of hell. Madrox is going to crucify Hitler. I don't know why he's going to do that, but, you know, why not? Might as well. Yeah, he's got time to kill down there. Napoleon's watching and taking pictures, which, you know, hey, good for him. Uh, I don't know, understand all the heads rolling, because uh, that's not how crucifixion works. But, you know, whatever. I, I'll let him have it. I, I don't know. I'm just quoting lyrics at this point. I got it. Speaking of lyrics, I got to yeah. ask both of you. Sure. Genius is wrong here on the hook, correct? The lyric is... The devil, the devil stabbed me with a pitchfork and hit me. It's not come get me, right? Probably. Yeah, I, I'd have to listen back. I, I heard and hit me. Yeah. It's definitely and hit me. The devil stabbed me with a pitchfork and hit me. Yeah, yeah. We should, we should, I'll, I'll fix that later. I, I never put much thought into it because it's just kind of a vibey little hook, but it makes more sense that way. Oh, it ends with um, the vocal melody from the intro, the wish I could kill every day thing kind of wisping back into the track, which I think is really cool. And this monoxide crushes every verse. Uh, I said, I sound redundant here, but Hey, extremely wicked concept and follow up from monoxide. So yeah, uh, I like it. I'm giving this one a gold star. I've had my thumbs are tired of being up. <laughs> Aaron, talk to me about when I get to hell. Uh, well, when you get to hell, buddy, you're not going to like it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be cool. Uh, no. I guess I'm just surprised that hell is so cool. Um, I think that this song is uh, super cool. I love the premise. Uh, in Monoxide, let me tell you, sound, from the sounds of me, cannot wait to get down there. Uh, he, it sounds yeah, like he's really good. Time. That's really where he's going to spread his literal wings of a demon. But I think the beat is pretty cool. Definitely... A simple and fun idea, but a, an idea that they execute very well. Uh, the hook is a vibe. I agree with you on that one. Um, you know, maybe don't fuck Marilyn Monroe with a gun to her head. Yeah. See, sexual violence. There's some weird stuff in here. Especially since y'all are there for eternity. So I, w- I would guess it would make for some awkward interactions at the water cooler. Mm-hmm. yeah let's maybe we we don't do that or maybe you do it and end and end up in ultra hell who knows yeah that is a yeah, thing. yeah everybody knows that's a thing uh yeah but th- th- this song is cool I, I think their verses are awesome i think the uh hook is a, a nice little vibe and, and the concept is is really fun i like it this late in the album as well i think that it's at a good point uh musically in, in the album eric what are your thoughts Besides thinking that this song needs to go before Bella Morte, mm. I think there's there's some fun stuff here, but I think across the board, they could have done a little better. They could have, you know, thought of people that are evil and deserve to be in hell instead of just randomly saying celebrities names. And I think the devil stabbed me with a pitchfork and hit me just sounds even if it's come get me, which doesn't grammatically make much sense. I'm like, I could have done a little bit better. You could have, you know, you could have. Like it's close. There's potential here. And I just, I don't feel like it quite gets there for me, but if you just turn it on and listen to it, it would still bother me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Stuff, damn, stuff that bothers me still bothers me. I just, I'm like, eh, I don't, it's a little bit dumb, but it's okay. All right. Well, uh, to quote Aaron, to quote Joey from 
Blossom. <laughs> uh, Aaron, I, I don't even want to introduce this one. Can you give me a couple of uh, your classic signature catchphrases? Whoa. <laughs> okay. And again? Whoa. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, by Twisted. Aaron, tell me about it now that you've said it. Uh, twice, in fact. I was going to wait until I br- this track got brought up, but Eric, I do agree with you. But uh, on on the order of track listing. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. I like when I get to hell being this late in the album. I think that when I get to hell should be 13. Whoa, whoa should be 14. Bella Morte should be 15. Yeah. Yeah, that would work. I'm even fine with Bella Morte right before whoa, whoa. But either way, I think those two should go at the end. Yeah, I, I think. Well, in at the very least, I think they should go right up against each other because I feel like they yeah. they play into each other pretty well. Yeah, I, I, this one also has a big vibe of an album ender, obviously, since it is on the original release. I think that the beat is very cool. There's this uh, long outro that that really makes you want to sit and uh and, and think on some stuff can you show me the way because i'm likely here to stay baby beats pretty cool outros cool their verses i think are pretty solid here musically yeah, I, I i really like this track i just i i feel like bella morte i feel like this would be the perfect setup for bella morte to be the album ender all right but what do you think about the song I like it. I think it's okay. Good. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a good track. Don't get me wrong. I, I think it's a really good track. Musically, I, I, oh. I really like it. That that outro is really cool at the end. Their verses are solid. It's a good track. Eric, okay. what do you think about the track? Yeah, fucker. Whoa, whoa. Uh, I think. Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, 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 they figured out how to get Paul to sing or Paul figured out how to sing, or they figured out how to mix or produce his vocals. Uh, I guess this, this kind of falls into the, if all you have is a hammer category, because beyond this, the only twisted album I've listened to is unlikely prescription. But I, my first note is, wow, you can really hear the roots of unlikely prescription in this song. There are parts of this song that feel like, pulled straight from that album, which is wild that I'm like, okay, so it wasn't completely unprecedented for them to do this album and sound like this because it started all the way back here. And the parts of the song that I like, I really like, I'm not a big fan of the hook, just don't really care for it. However, I do think it's memorable and it's catchy. Uh, I don't really like Paul's click, click, boom stuff (laughs) either. I'm like, that just feels weird and out of place is almost putting some like island affectation on his voice it's strange uh there's good parts of this song but i don't think it's quite there however i like that they continue to refine this and i suspect that in the next uh 30,000 albums we listen to before unlikely prescription <laughs> we're going to hear that continue to evolve but robbie what do you think yeah, uh, I, I'm a fan of this one. I like it. Musically, I think it's great. I think the vocal arrangements and the song structure are really good. I think that kind of what I was referring to earlier, like I think something that they've been working towards for a long time finally clicked into place and they figured out how to do it. And like you said, like Monoxide singing on here and it sounds good. I, I like the uh, his, his little verse uh, before the click, click, boom stuff. 
Uh, they tell me I'm sick and I need medicine, but I won't take it because I'm lonely and I'm hoping for all the voices in my head again. I want to let them in. So let it be known. Set it in stone. The diabolical duo is coming home. I think that's a great little short verse. Um, yeah, the click, click, boom stuff's a little strange. I don't know, but it, you know, it does what it does. Uh, sick addiction. Yeah, I think Jamie's singing on here is really cool. I love the uh, the shouting anger and pain in the background. I, I think this is a nice positive ender. I think that sounds really good. It's dramatic sounding. Yeah, I, I, the the guitar doesn't suck. I, I'm a fan of that. Overall, I'd say top top notch. There's some stuff you know. There's there's some stuff that's imperfect about it, but overall, I think this is a really good album closer. Perfect word. So that is an album closer. But now we have. Three additional tracks to talk about. These were on the Best Buy and the Red and Black editions. But I think because they are just attached to the album for streaming services, for most people, I think these are just part of the album now. Yeah, I would agree. Well, we should talk about these last three tracks and see if they are uh, make this album considered a Best Buy rather than just a buy. <laughs> okay. Uh, so track 16. What what a lot of people say around the water cooler on Monday. Hey, you catch the show last night? Mm, referring to this one? Yes. Uh, Eric, catch the show. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a fun track, but I do not think it belongs on this album. Uh, being placed at the end after Whoa, Whoa feels out of place. I think this is a fun single. Uh, yeah. The hook is kind of goofy with like that auto tune, like let's get <laughs> yeah. fucked up. So I'm like, they are just being silly here and I'm good on them not putting this on the album and knowing this doesn't fit with the vibe. But fuck, if you're picking up the album with some bonus tracks and you want to hear some extra songs, cool. I do think it would be weird and it, it is weird. The first time I listened to it, I hadn't done the research, didn't know it rolled straight into this. And I was like, oh, wow, this is a big change <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in direction. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would have put them on a separate CD or saved them for uh, the end of days EP or something like that. But uh, it's fun enough. Robbie, what do you think? Yeah, this is a capital B bonus track material. Yeah. Like when it, when it comes out, because whoa, whoa, whoa is so dramatic. And, uh, you know, like you're like, oh, man, we're really closing out this epic thing that we've you know been listening to and then you get to like direction. yeah uh but i think it's a fun song like you said like it really does remind me of like being a young chap going to juggalo shows uh, i wasn't doing any of this stuff this is what i would have assumed the older kids were doing when i was going to these shows when i was like 13 i wasn't you know my homie was not coming out with patron and a blunt and i was not uh, driving random ladies to shows um, <laughs> still to this okay. day i don't do that no if no. they if the random ladies need a ride they can take the bus <laughs> as far as i'm concerned and they better have their ticket but uh yeah i think it's fun uh the chorus kind of sucks uh but it's it's like goofy and fun like it's not this is not a serious song this is a song about going to a show and having a nice time and i think it's it's cool it sets the scene sets the vibe i i can picture being there myself um but but yeah, it's, it's definitely a bonus track. Aaron, talk to me about Catch the Show. Listen, mm -hmm. you and I must have had very different experiences because in 2009 as a sophomore in high school, mm -hmm. I was sparking those blunts. I had my fake ID in hand. Mm. I had the ladies going to the show with me. You know what I mean? Sure. Did they have their ticket? Uh, oh, no. No. We was that, oh, was that at the church? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. <laughs> 
and the uh the blunt was a piece of rolled up paper that we joked really quick haha look it looks like i'm smoking yeah 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 you know how it goes. having a silly time. i think okay so y'all both sort of touched on this i'm gonna touch on it real quick and i'm going to make a blanket statement for all of these last three tracks okay great to have as bonus tracks but with this being the standards like on streaming version 18 tracks no breakup or anything like that i really think the best move would be to disseminate these three into the album somewhere and let the end be the end because it was some musical whiplash going from whoa whoa into this song yeah that being said fun track very energetic uh flows are solid my last note I have written down, the auto tune makes me want to kidnap Paul and Jamie and force them to sit and watch me peel off my skin one inch <laughs> strips at a time. Uh, who is that worse for? Uh, well, that's, that's only bad for you. Are you hoping that that would force them to make like darker songs that are not this? No, well, I was hoping that that would like change the trajectory of their life forever witnessing something so horrifying right like probably would i would die but they would have to live with that image the rest of their lives that you think they would go back and go we got to cut this auto tune i mean is this how (laughs) what's the what's the end goal here as far as this song i wasn't gonna explain it's just to hurt them why just to hurt them yeah i I wasn't gonna explain to them i wasn't gonna say okay fellas sit here and what you're about to witness is because you put these last three bonus tracks (laughs) They're just uh, sitting there going, why, the why? <laughs> and then Aaron's dead and they're walking away and they're like, do you have any idea why this just happened? And one of them's like, I mean, it could be a lot of things, but do you think it's that auto tune on catch the show <laughs> <laughs> from 20 years ago? <laughs> Likely. But yeah. Paul's like, fuck, I don't know, but I really want to start smoking cigarettes again. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. We got him to be cool again. Um, yeah, I think that this song for what it is, super fun. You know, the, the chorus might bug me, but outside of that, fun stuff. I wish it was on either a different release or a separate CD, like you said. Uh, I think, Eric, you're the one that said that. Uh, or like, uh, like I said, if it was sort of dis- these three were distributed throughout the album earlier yeah, to, uh, to not mess up the ending. But those are my thoughts. All right. Well, let's move on to track 17. Uh, I, one that I desperately wish I could talk about first, but I'll have to wait <laughs> till last. Also, the annotations on Genius make me want to punch my own face. Oh, uh, this one it. is this one is called Gothic Chick. Well, it's just literally uh, annotating lines that are not confusing, just just restating what they all are. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm opening a couple now. <laughs> yeah. So, Robbie, gothic chick, tell me about this gothic chick. Okay. Um, well, I, you know, I don't know if this is a hot take or a cold take, baby, but I'm taking it. I said weirdly perfect song in that, like, I don't care about these lyrics at all, but boy, does this sound good. And I like, it. I think there's a lot of, you can tell these guys were doing a lot of work with, um, strange music and chris calico specifically at the time because this has that sort of vibe to it yeah the lyrics are silly as hell and they're very dated at this point i think they were probably dated at the time this came out honestly for sure but like it's it's still i don't know something about it works for me i like that uh hey i like uh, my, my favorite scene in this song i think is jamie coming up seeing this gothic chick 
um, she bent over. He saw her thong, which doesn't seem that gothy to me, but okay. Uh, and he says, hey, look here, honey. I'm into crow and all that shit. <laughs> I was not, sti- <laughs> not the crow, yeah, just no. crow. He knows it. He's seen it. I'm a, I, listen, I'm into crow and all that listen, shit. I'm into crow. And she's like, mystery science theater 3000. He's like, fuck yes. <laughs> no, he's got the soundtrack. He knows burn by the cure and the, the nine inch nails, dead souls cover. Hell yeah. Uh, and he's standing out here watching you shop at hot topic. I'm into your, I love your style. Is you an actress or something? <laughs> Because all <laughs> this across the board in the late two thousands, everybody in Hollywood, this is that this was their vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got gothy, vaguely gothy, shopping yeah. at Hot Topic. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I just like the just the funniest thing in the world to me is just Jamie Madrox as himself. You know, not not painted up or anything, just a regular guy. He's at the mall. He sees a a, a, a hot lady shopping at Hot Topic. And his his move is to approach and say, "Hey, you know, listen, I love the Crow, <laughs> uh, big fan. <laughs> the comics, the movie soundtracks, can't get enough." Also, was uh, in late in the late two thousands in two thousand nine was the uh, whale tail up above the, the the pants? Was that still a fashion thing? Was that something that was happening? Uh, I feel uh, like that was. Really. I feel like that ended in like early two thousands. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. So much about this song is so weird. Like, <laughs> it's so weird. It, like the the fact that it, it, they made it at all doesn't make sense. But something about it, it like I said, it's weirdly perfect to me. I don't know. It's just very enjoyable for me to hear, even though it is very strange. Aaron, tell me about Gothic Chick. Well, you talked a lot about that one verse, but uh, you didn't even mention some of the biz- more bizarre things. <laughs> Shaking them titties that you want to put in your mouth, that you want to put your mouth on. Damn. Suckable, fuckable, lovable, touchable. She had piercings in both her nipples. And then he asks, that shit stay hard, right? Like me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, And then he wraps up that entire verse with, let's go to your crib and stain a mattress. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. <laughs> uh, so what I I think this song is fun. It's dated. It's fun. It's exactly what you think it's going to be if you know Twisted and you saw the title Gothic Chick on a track. But at the same time, they're trying to talk up these gothic gothic chicks and trying to show them to give give old give old Jamie a chance. And yet in the hook. He's calling them freaks and creeps. Mm-hmm. She's such a creep. It's like, buddy, may, maybe if you want her, to, if you want to go home and stain her mas- mattress, let's uh, <laughs> let's not call her a creep, huh? <laughs> yeah. And really asking her about her nipple piercings in a hot topic. You're the creep here, buddy. Yeah, you, who's the creep? <laughs> you, you are the creep here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> this song is is ridiculous. She likes rough sex and bumping emo, emo music. Mm-hmm. Hey, who don't? If, if yeah, I know that we're just in hell, but it sounds like we're back in heaven, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this track. I I just I was <laughs> I don't know if I was disappointed or like subtly tickled by the complete outsider perspective on this yeah. track. <laughs> Uh, from using the word gothic instead of goth yeah. 
And uh, just making these really general surface level observations and misconstrued correlations like, well, you wear dark clothes, you shop at Hot Topic and you listen to emo music. I'm like, buddy, I don't think this is a goth girl you're talking to, but maybe. Plus, it's fucking 2009. Who was talking about goth in 2009? I know that the term has made a comeback in recent years with all the memes and stuff. But at that point. It was definitely an outdated term. Yeah, it was. Nobody emo, was goth in 2000. Anything right. else would have been a better exactly. term. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Like this person and their lifestyle is so completely foreign and weird to these guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's just such a basic normie perspective for two dudes that are in a horror themed rap group and paint their faces like spooky ghouls. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's the unintentional humor of this song to me. Like I'd expect this kind of thing from a more mainstream, like don't get it rapper of the world, but it's hilarious to hear them talk about it. However, I can get behind the concept of wanting a goth girlfriend. There's like 10 million memes about it. So has to be a thing. I'll say, yeah, this song coming out these days, I think would, would, would go pretty hard because this is very much so in the, uh, in the zeitgeist. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, may, I don't know, five, six years ago is when I think that started to circulate. And now I think we're sort of a little bit past it, but people would remember the memes. Yeah, Absolutely. I like that uh, one of the genius annotations I like is on the line. One day, maybe I'll get the nerve to try. It just says he is shy, so he can't go talk to her to make out. <laughs> <laughs> I read that one. too. <laughs> I like, um, it's, you know, it says, so I'm like, I could get it on with a vampire wearing a thong, which a, I like to picture Dracula. Um, <laughs> Dracula just, with a nice little high rise thong. Bikini. Yeah. And then the annotation is goths are so pale that they're looking like vampires yeah. and shows a picture of a gothy lady with vampire teeth. It looks like kind of rubbing a rose against her lip, which <laughs> sure, sure. You know, what do you, that's what goths do. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Goths love roses. Yeah. Who doesn't? Uh, yeah. Roses really smell like poo. If you think about it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Boo, 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 boo. Oh, I I poop on mine, so mine smells like poo poo poo. <laughs> oh, well, I think that's what it means. It's just a different uh, term for it. <laughs> well, regardless, this we gotta. If we don't stop with this line of joke now, it it don't stop. Uh, let's not stop. Let's keep going. Okay. Uh, so like boo boo boo. <laughs> no no no. Poop. Oh. With the reviews of oh, songs. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was about I to mean, say because I could probably bullshit <laughs> another five minutes or so, but I don't know about after yeah. that. Uh, well, then let's get into it. Don't stop. Our final track. Uh, Aaron, I'm going to say you talk first about this one. Oh, good. Yeah, I'll I'll take this one. It don't stop. What is this? An impression of me talking about this album as by the time we get to this point? (laughs) (laughs) I think it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Final bonus track. It does not feel like an album ender in any way. So it is weird, but it don't stop. It's it's pretty, pretty hype. Uh, Although the hook, the can't stops and the won't stops are through like what I can only assume is he ran up 10 flights of stairs right before recording (laughs) that hook. 
and I just I cannot get past it. He just he sounds so out of breath and just like <sighs> and not like a not like a frantic out of breath to try and like create the vibe of panic or anything like that. Like literally just like, fuck, I just ate four cheeseburgers and walked up to my third floor apartment and now I'm I'm doubled over and out of breath. That's that's my afternoon after we record this, honestly. Speaking of experience, <laughs> I think so. Uh, <laughs> but outside of that, I, I think that the uh, Jamie does really fucking well on his verse. Monoxide does well as well. It's a fun bone. Uh, just again, another fun bonus track that uh, I wish wasn't the last thing I heard from this album. Eric, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's an okay song. I don't think it's a bad song. Um, but again, I, all three of these tracks don't belong on Wicked. I'm glad that they're bonus tracks and they're not on the proper album. I'm sad that a lot of people, this is the last three songs on the album and they never knew anything different. But This might be kind of a hot take though, except in very rare like atmospheric and background use instances. I do I think that the addition of the female vocals all over this album detract every time. Uh, every time they show up, it makes me like whatever's happening less. And this song is no exception there. So I, I didn't love it, but I didn't think it was a bad song. Uh, I don't know. Robbie, what do you think? Yeah, well, uh, I do actually kind of think the female vocals detract from this one. I don't think they do with the other parts of the album. I like, especially when the, she's singing Wish I Could Kill Every Day. I think that's a lot of fun. But on this one, I think it adds, it makes it seem like an impression of a pop rap song. Like uh, something that would have been popular at the time. This seems yeah. like uh, not even a version of it, not Twisted's take on it, but like an attempt at replicating that that doesn't quite work. I don't think it's bad. Like their version of airplanes or whatever. Yeah, like shooting stars. Yeah, um, and I could use a wish. I could really use a wish right now. Right now, yeah. I remember. Uh, side note: driving around hearing that song and tearing up because I was like, "God damn, I could use a wish right now." But that's just some 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 personal demons. Uh, let's see. I don't like this song that much. I think it's fine, but it is like kind of sad that it ends the album for most people, especially, you know, anyone that got into Twisted post-streaming. It's just kind of, it's forgettable, but fun. And uh, I, I think Madrox does a really good job on his verse, uh, like Aaron said. But but overall, I, I don't have a ton of, uh, I don't I don't really give a shit about this song at all. I think, I, there, I said it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> right. There we go. That's all of our songs. Yay. We Yay. Did it. We did it, guys. And we're only coming up on a three-hour recording. Oh, we'll have to keep the rest tight. Let's get through this. Okay. Perfect. Overall thoughts on Wicked. Eric, hit me in the face with them. Sure. This is such a return to form for Twisted. I want to know what took so long for this to happen. And also, I'm excited for 2009. I, I think for people that were there for it, this was a huge year for Psychopathic. After five or six years of floundering a bit, We've got Twisted and ICP back to doing what they do best. Also, I, you know, we talked about it a lot of times from the intro to the experimental music and consistently darker tones. It just, it feels like such a spiritual follow up to Freak Show. If this was the album that had come out after the Green Book, I think I'm, I might have, you know, maybe been like, oh, okay, I'll keep listening, you know, but, uh, 
I don't know. I, I really like that they tried to do interesting things with production. Uh, it all feels very intentional. It feels like they put a lot of effort into creating the tone and vibe of the album in general. I am a bit torn on it because I really love what the album wants to be, but I don't know if I love what it actually is. The more I listen, the more things stuck, but I feel there's a good bit of unrealized potential here for so much of the album that feels like they put a lot of effort into. There's enough things here that either don't feel like they worked or don't feel like maybe it got as much attention as it should have, especially later. I just, you know, for me, I'm not sure if it all, all of that effort comes together to make great songs or a fully enjoyable album. It's kind of a rough start for me with those first five tracks, struggling to find a rhythm. And then from there, there's so many just incongruent mid-song musical breaks and change-up stuff. It just it, it stifles the pace and rhythm of the songs for me, especially on the first half. I also feel like the hooks are kind of lacking overall. Some aren't bad. A few are actually really catchy and memorable, especially as you get to later, but there, there's a few rough ones. Uh, their rapping on the verses sound great throughout the album, but there's not a whole lot lyrically after three listens that really jumped out to me and went, wow, that that song, that line, just, and some of it might be the way it was produced and mixed and stuff. Uh, I think some of this stuff might start to grow on me if I gave it more and more and more listens. I'm not sure, but I will say this album was a very light bulb moment for me. I've been thinking across these past, I, I counted literally 12 albums. I think that we've reviewed that twisted just feels super inconsistent. Uh, they're up and they're down and they're all over the place from one release to the next with some really high points spread, spread across a, a bunch of low points. And I'm I'm starting to realize I don't think it's necessarily twisted as rappers that are inconsistent. I think they are consistently good at what they're doing rap-wise. And although they might change up their tone and subject matter and decide to try different things and they deserve some of the <laughs> fault here – uh, their performance and delivery has been consistent, I think, uh, not counting their attempts to make rap songs. I'm starting to think that they've struggled to find a consistent producer and production flow that really un- – somebody that you know understands them and understands what they're trying to do and is able and willing to guide and work with them. And maybe it's by design. Maybe they wanted to work with different people and see what happened, do different stuff. But I'm starting to think the quality of Twisted's releases is largely a result of the producers they're working with. Uh, And this one is an interesting one because I wouldn't have thought, hey, put Eric Davies on this. That's going to create one of the most notable Twisted albums in a long time. But some of it is just them saying, "Okay, let's focus in and, and really try to make a consistent good album. So uh, that was a that was a bit of, ra- of rambling, but uh, gosh, there was a lot to think and say about this album. Oh no, yeah, you're good and, and very astute observations uh, for the most part, all, all of which that I, I agree with. Um, I think uh, this feeling like a return to form for Twisted is. Uh, I mean, that's I, I I feel the same way. I, I think it absolutely is. If I got my grubby little editorial fingers on this um i would probably make the beginning of the album a bit more concise because it it did you know it it struggled to get started there a little bit i felt like they were spoon feeding us vibes a little too long before they got into the actual meat 
Yeah, it's kind of like the best part of the, about this album, to your point, that they tried to do, you know, that kind of stuff is also the thing that holds it back in some places. Yeah, it's it's also the where it's also it's as if they almost overcorrected just a little bit. But I would rather them overcorrect in this way mm -hmm. than uh, undercorrect and, and keep going with uh, stuff like Independence Day, which, you know, was whatever. It was fine. But this right here like this. If I were to show somebody Twisted, I feel like this album could make a strong case for that because there there is a lot of good stuff in here. To Eric's point, I, I do think that a lot of the hooks are, are maybe a bit lazy. In fact, I, you know, even the catchy ones, I feel like those hooks were sort of OK at best, but they really thrived with the production of this, with the concise, uh, you know, and even like. And taking in the album artwork and all that into consideration in this, everything seems seems so like one vision and concise and not thrown together. And, and like they really got in and made a, a an intentionally earnest uh, horrorcore album that uh, in a lot of ways does read like a, a horror movie on wax. I would clean things up. I would I would shorten this up a little bit. I would definitely try and disseminate the bonus tracks into uh, the rest of the tracks so they're not at the end, or I would put them on something else entirely if I want to make something that's very concise of what is Twisted uh, in 2009. I think that, uh, I, I think this does a good job of that though. You know, I, I think I probably got went off on a little bit of a rambling tangent as well, but overall, I, I think that Wicked re-energized me for twisted yeah it's hard not to come out of this album without thoughts yeah, you know, yeah. there's a lot to there's talk a about. lot to talk about robbie yeah. though let's get to your overall thoughts sure uh so yeah I, I agree i think this is the most complete and and well well made twisted album since green book i think i i i mentally and i think i've said it a couple times on the show but i, I kind of mentally place everything after green book and before wicked with like a wink towards the future on uh independence day as like lost years almost like them trying to find what they are in a way i think that those first few years from most tasteless through green book were very like we're twisted here's the idea for the group this is what we do and then from like man's myth forward it, it gets murky and there's like Every album has a very core signature idea, but it's not always executed correctly in my view. So like Mutant, they're like, we're going to do some rock songs, but a lot of it kind of sucks. Independence Day, you know, we're going to rap with other rappers, but like it, it's inconsistent, stuff like that. I feel like this is the first album since Green Book where it had a core idea, but they executed it the way it needed to be executed to work. I think the the vibes and the the production and sound effects and all of that work really really well it makes it a great listen uh even if some of the songs i would never put on a playlist or be like you got to check out this song you know in the context of the album i think everything works and sounds great the one track i'm maybe less keen on well outside of the chorus of uh they told me i think my enemies is kind of a dud but outside of that i don't think there's anything here that i would take out you know, maybe outside the bonus tracks, but that's a different story. I think it's this really, really well executed and well done. They rap really well, but that's not the star of the show here. I think in other 
albums we've said, you know, like, well, this part sucks. This is bad. The beats are weird, but they're rapping great, you know, and I don't think you have to give that qualifier here. I think everything works pretty well. Some of the hooks aren't, you know, my favorite hooks of all time, but I think very few of them distract me or take me out of the the listen. I, I think uh, they just did a really bang up job with this one. I think it's sort of like um, the ter- an annoying term, a term I don't necessarily like that's been thrown around in recent years is elevated horror for, you know, mm. movies like a hereditary or, you know, something like that. that mm. yeah. Basically w- people saying that it's good <laughs> when people that don't like horror saying it's a good movie. So you're saying this is like an A24 album. Yeah, this is an elevated horror core. Let's yeah, say there like we go. You're taking elements of, like we talked about with some of the lyrics, especially some of the monoxide stuff, like some of the down and dirty shock value of of some of the lesser, not lesser, that's rude, but uh, some of the the more, you know, niche and specific horror core rappers out there. It's taking that same shock and, 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 uh, putting it into really good music, which I think takes it to a different level. Um, and I, I think, honestly, I think this album regenerate, re-energized Psychopathic. I think it re-energized the horrorcore scene as a whole. I think it was a big turning point in Twisted's career. And uh, yeah, it's, I'm not surprised that it was such a you know chart success and all that because the, something that I think, you know, we're getting one side of the story by just listening to the Twisted albums on here. And you guys have done the ICP stuff before. But if you look at Psychopathic Records from, let's say, like 04, 05 until about this point, the identity of the label is very murky musically. For sure. Like For sure. Something that did have such a solid foundation as like horror, but with some humor and with some, you know, like hip hop tropes and like things like that had such a clear identity in the early 2000s, I think gets really out in the woods. And like, the horror was gone, for the most part. I mean, like, when you're listening to The Tempest, or some of the Blaze albums, some of the Twisted albums, like there's not a lot of, of dark horror stuff at all happening, which kind of defined what all these groups were at one point. And I think this album really takes it back to the heart of that and goes like, this is what we are. This is what works. And uh, I think the fact that Bang Pow, Bang Pow Boom came out shortly thereafter, like is also very telling, like they were ready to get the shit back on track. Yeah. Yeah. It really, you know, I think for all the time that I, you know, spent not listening or paying attention, if you had put wicked and Bang Pow Boom in front of me in 2009, I would have been like, Oh shit. Yeah, totally. it, it, it's it's back to where they what I remember them being. So it's cool. And I was a little slower to get back to it. Uh, but like, I think, you know, hearing Mighty Death Pop when that came out, I was I had that exact reaction of like, oh, this is the thing that I liked. They're doing yeah. that again. And then yeah. it, in going back and rediscovering some of the Twisted albums from that time period and stuff, it was like, OK, like I, now I can kind of contextualize that the reason I left this stuff behind for so long was because it was doing a thing I didn't like as much. And now they're fucking locked back in. And I think this is this is where that really starts to ramp up. Yeah. Hell so. yeah. The revitalization of psychopathic records. Yeah. One album at a time. Uh, perfect. Well, Robbie, you mentioned throwing tracks on a playlist. Oh, yeah. And, and that you wouldn't throw a few of these on a playlist. Let's talk about what we would throw on a playlist because... We got a playlist to update. GD, right? We do. So I've got a couple in mind, but I think 
I want to choose Crossroad Inn okay. for me. I think that it's, uh, I, I thought that that was a, a really fun story-based song that, uh, th- that they executed very well. All right. Eric, personal favorite track. I had three at the top. Uh, Buckets of Blood, Killing Season, and Ha 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 Ha. I'm going with Buckets Buckets of Blood. Got to go with it. Okay. All right. Robbie. Now, I'm really torn here because there's a couple that I want to go with. Um, but I think just because it's the furthest left field and 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 kind of in a weird way is the standout single from this record to me. I'm going Gothic ha, 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 and Gothic chick as a bonus. <laughs> no, <pick>. yeah. no. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going ha, 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 because I, I just think that that like, paints a picture of what this album is trying to do really really yep. well perfect awesome well hey if it makes y'all feel better ha 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 and buckets of blood were both in consideration for me as well uh so i'm glad badass well our playlist is now sitting at 46 songs three hours and seven minutes long with the addition of crossroad in buckets of blood and ha 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 so it's almost as long as this episode <laughs> Almost as long as this episode. <laughs> hey, I'll give you a ha 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 ha, ha, ha for that. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. We got to score this bitch. Let's do it. Y'all already know our uh, categories, so we're going to run through them. Music and beats. I gave this one a 3.5. I really love the music. I really love the beats. I really love the, the production on this album. Uh, there were some misfires uh just like eric you said in your notes i don't need a shitty rock song i didn't need it either uh and and you know there are some uh issues with with vibe shifting mid song but i think three and a half is a solid solid score for that eric yeah uh i'm gonna go with a three because I think there was some really great stuff. I love that they focused in to make something that feels like a consistent vibe, but there's also a lot of fragmented stuff or things that just needed a little more to get where they needed to be. And there could be great things here. So I went with three. Awesome. Robbie, I'm going to go with a four. I think the beats here are really good and consistent. I don't like the, the one man who played guitar on two tracks, uh, (laughs) Uh, kill with us and my enemies if, if those were cut i think this would be like sort of a perfect produced twist album for me so uh 4.0 perfect okay lyrics and flows i went with a three very very solid it would have been a four if it weren't for the sheer amount of lazy choruses i think that that's where they really get knocked for lyrics and flows eric yeah, I went 3.5. I think the rapping is good. I think most of the lyrics are pretty decent, but the hooks range from lackluster to outright bad at times. So I had to pull them down a little bit. Oh, yeah. Robbie? I Again, I'm going with a four. Uh, I think the writing on this is really strong. I like just about the lyrics of every song. Uh, I'm taking it down a notch for a couple of those hooks, though. The fuck you, fuck die. Yeah. Gets a real, it's a real blemish. So, but, but overall, I think like this is some of what Twisted does best. So I'm, I'm going with a four. Okay. Awesome. Re-listenability. I went with a, a three and a half on this one. Although it is very long, I think that this is a highly re-listenable album. It, it, things flow into each other well i'm knocking it because 
I don't want to re-listen to it with those three bonus tracks tacked in at the end. I, I want Wicked for what it is. And then the bonus tracks. Um, and then also my last note is every October, my re-listenability for this will go from a three to a four. Because I just think that the vibe of this is very, uh, you, you get a nice little Halloween, scary horror uh, vibe. Okay, Eric. So I think there are some good tracks here. Uh, a handful that I'll definitely come back to listen to. There's some tracks that have cool parts, uh, but overall, not an enjoyable album for me to listen to from beginning to end. Uh, I struggled to make it through full front to back listens after the first time, and I definitely would skip through songs or skip through parts of them. I went with a two. Awesome. Robbie? Uh, I'm going to go with a 3.5. I ended up listening to this probably like i said like five times instead of our usual you know two or three uh and i've obviously listened to it a bunch in the past but it it just flows really well for me it, it like once i put it on i, I do kind of want to listen to the whole thing maybe not the bonus tracks but yeah i think it's very listenable for for this guy awesome uh finally overall vibe this one they get a startling four and a half out of me uh i think that the overall vibe is really where they knocked it out of the park for this album um, and, and, and I think it's really for all three of us, I think I could say that that's really a something that was a uh, high point of this album. It was their ability to k- keep a good overall vibe. Eric. Yeah, I listen. I'm not I don't think that they nailed everything here. Right. They didn't nail every song. They didn't get every hook right. But what they did nail was the fucking vibe and tone of this album. I love that they focused in on the dark horror themes and they stuck with it. I am not talking about the three bonus tracks. I'm talking about Wicked Proper. It's a five vibe for me. Mm. Rare five. Wow. Robbie. Yep. Hey, guess what, baby? I'm going. You gave me the boldness to do it. Rare five. I think cut those bonus tracks. And I think the vibe here is pretty perfect. Yeah, we've talked a ton about it, so I don't need to go into details, but I'm giving it a five. I mean, honestly, if if we're seeing this in the frame of Wicked Proper, then I could I could amend mine to five because I gave it four and a half really just because of the bonus tracks. Well, shit. Let's five it up. Oh, five it up. Five's all around. Five, 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 baby. You're, you're five in it, too? I'm five in it up. All right. Well, that brings us out to 3.75 or four sexually violent comments and misinterpretations of late 2000s mall subcultures. Inappropriate! Goth reached the peak of its pop cultural influence in the 90s with the popularity of Nine Inch Nails, The Crow, and The Sandman all of which helped lead a new generation of disaffected teenagers down the path of sad poetry and pancake makeup. Goth's crossover success soon led to its downfall, though as it got mixed up with new metal and third wave emo, eventually leading to the birth of an abomination known as Mall Goth. In today's episode, we'll be examining the scene subculture, and more specifically, the rise of scene queens. You guys have no clue what goes on in our lives. So you can't say that like emo kids are just people who wear black and wear eyeliner and get depressed. Four sexually violent content and misrepresentations of late 2000s mall subcultures. 
that was really close. I'm gonna I'm gonna say good enough. Fuck yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say that was for sexually violent content and uh, uh, misinterpretations of two, late 2000s small subcultures. Yeah, there we go. Uh, further <laughs> off, I think. But love no, you it. Were marginally closer, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> But a four. This album got a four. Uh, great. I, I think that's a the numbers do not lie, baby. I love that score for Wicked. Yeah. Okay. Same. Awesome. Guys, that was our episode. It was a beast of an episode. Thank you for hanging out with us. Next episode, we will be reviewing Twisted's 2009 EP, End of Days. Should be much shorter. Yes. 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 The album itself is. Yeah. Love it. Eric, until then. Where can people find us to tell us their vast opinions on this <laughs> yeah. uh, mammoth-sized volume of songs? Yeah, it is a massive-sized volume of songs, and I'm sure everybody's got a lot to talk about here. So hopefully you at least enjoyed listening to us talk about it, and maybe it inspired you to have some thoughts and you'd like to share them with us. There's a lot of ways you can do that. Go to our website, icpwwe.com. You can join our Discord. You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter. You can email us. You can join our Patreon. There's a lot of ways that you can connect with us. You can also go check out Twisted History. There's a link there. Robbie runs that Instagram and puts all the info there. So if there's anything that we skimmed over or you want to see pictures or know more about, the info's there. Yeah, and I have officially started... Again, you know, we, we, I talked about this on the last episode, but all the years of work I had done on that page, uh, we caught up to it. So now I'm forced to go back into the mines and pull out some fresh history and, uh, boy, are my arms tired, but I am <laughs> getting it done. Rad. Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. ICPWWE.com. All the links are there. I, I opened up Instagram this past week and I saw like three posts from the Twisted History account, and I gave you a solemn moment of silence for <laughs> your work ahead of you. Um, perfect. Eric, you mentioned something called the Patreon. Personally, my favorite website. <laughs> well, second favorite. Correct. That's a great little place to go, though. And, and, and you can get some cool bonus stuff while also supporting the podcast and helping us Keep everything up and running. Um, so yeah. not only do you get bonus episode content uh, directly into your Patreon feed from each episode. Yeah, we've got over 50 special bonus episodes. They are ranging from you know, five or six minutes up to 30, 35 minute full episodes in there. So. And I think the last one, this past one, it was a good 30 minute or wasn't it? It was just 30, almost 35. Yeah. Hot dang. Not only can you get a, a massive backlog of extra content from the three of us, you can also get your name rapidly rattled off at the end of the episode for a thank you. So I'd like to thank Rob Viron, Corey, Spooky, Mac Miller, Smack Dealer, Scotty, Robbie, oh, no. Austin. Sometimes I touch myself inappropriately. Andrew Schmeeve, the moron police. Uh-oh. Robbie, <laughs> you better hide. Oh, <laughs> who ya dad who? Christian, McWebhead, Sparknuts, Adam, Stick It To You Baby, Poochie, Hardcore Vegan Dude, and Dana. Our newest patron, Dana. Shout out. And I hope that it's the musical group, The Moron Police, that are now patrons. That would be amazing. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a group. 
Yeah. Go. What's their what's the, what was their big album a few years ago? Well, not big, but their great album, actually. A Boat on the Sea, I think is what it's called. 2019's <clears throat> A Boat on the Sea. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Yep. Very proggy and quirky, hmm. but great album. I'll have to check this out. I, I'm, I'm honored that they uh, use their streaming royalty money to uh, be our, our patrons. Fuck yeah. Um, so thank you so much to, to everybody who holds our boulders over the shoulder, under the armpit, with your feet. Or as Jamie Madrox would do, with his mouth. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, only if you're gothic. And I mean really into gothic architecture. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Count me uh, in. Or an actual like uh, Visigoth. Yes. Guys, thank you for hanging with us. For Eric and Robbie, I'm Aaron. Bye. Oh, goodbye. Oh, bye. See ya. One, two, three, and I come with the wicked style when you know that I'm from the wicked crew. Act like you knew, because I got everybody jumping to the boot. This show is a member of the Underground Podcast Community, UPC. UPC.